The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? You've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and flat earth insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. Ah, uh, you make me laugh, eh? Well, the time for laughing has passed. What is that over there? Oh, crap, I got it. Everybody, uh, it's all crap. It's crap. Um. Oh. I don't know, it, it seems like my ears must have clogged up again. Anyway, good morning, folks. Good morning. It's Thursday, your second most favorite day of the week. I don't know. Is that true? I think Friday is your second most favorite day of the week because Saturday is your favorite. Right? Am I right? Anyway, it's <laughs> it's Thursday, <clears throat> February 29th, 2024. Leap year. Leap day. Leap year day. A day of leap, a day you want to leap. Um, and if you don't know why uh, leap year is, is a thing, let me just tell you: uh, the calendar doesn't work very well. Uh, and uh, every day, every year, we lose like a quarter of a day. And so, the way to rectify that was to add one one extra day every four years because the calendar just doesn't work. If, if we had no leap year, uh, if we let it slide for like a hundred years with no leap year, the seasons would be all off. The months would be all off. You, you wouldn't. So this is, this is the best solution they could come up with. But my calendar is telling me today is the first day of women's history month. When, it really is one last day of Black History Month, and Women's History Month should not start until tomorrow, right? That's right. It should start on March 1st. Uh, my calendar is either very racist or a feminist or just they don't leap. It's not leaping. It's got to leap. So there's that. Um, listen, if you... Uh, if you don't know about what's going on in the world of politics, <laughs> the left is freaking out because um, the Supreme Court is going to hear Donald Trump's argument 
about immunity that he should have, as former president, when he was president, blanket immunity for anything he might have done uh, during his uh, presidency. And that delays, well, that's going to delay, but it shouldn't delay the criminal trial for January uh, 6th stuff. It shouldn't. They, they should just go ahead with the trial as, as if uh, the court is going to rule with some sanity. Now, the court is not going to rule with some sanity because they are in Trump's pocket. They're doing this to try to stall and push back any kind of uh, court hearings until the election, hoping that Donald Trump might win. Um, but here's the thing. Donald, uh, Joe Biden needs to put on his dark sunglasses, grow a pair of balls, and take Steel Team 6 down to uh, the court and say, uh, you want to make it okay for a president to uh, just assassinate anybody who's in his way because that's the that is actually in the written argument that Donald Trump is making that he should be allowed to use the SEAL Team Six to assassinate his political opponents. If I were Biden, this that's exactly what I would do. I take the Supreme Court, I take SEAL Team Six down to the Supreme Court with me, put on my dark sunglasses, and say, "Go ahead, say I can do it. Say I can do it. You first, Clarence, stand up." Stand up and say I can do it. And then I would go down to Mar-a-Lago and do it. If You know, no more fucking around. You want to end democracy? You want to say the president can assassinate his political opponents with, with full immunity? That's the world you want to live in? If you, if you want to play that fucking game, I got five Supreme Court justices to off right now. And then a political opponent. Like, it's silly. We cannot have a country where the president is above the law. That's called a monarchy. But they're going to play this game, and it's just silly. But if I were uh, Biden, I'd call their bluff on it. Okay, here's SEAL Team 6. Uh, I'll give the order to stand up and say it. Say it's okay. But that won't happen because Biden doesn't have any fucking balls, and they know Biden doesn't have the balls to do that. So they're going to play the game. So whatever whatever happens, happens. That's the bottom line with all this shit. Um, but listen, more excuse to uh, party now because <laughs> shit is hitting the fan hard. Now, all this is contingent. The, the game they're playing is contingent on Donald Trump winning the election. So there is a people still have a remedy in their hands if they uh, so choose to, to go that way is to make sure he doesn't win the election. But uh, it's a three-way election, as I've mentioned before. And uh, I know people are not taking this seriously, but Robert F. Kennedy is definitely a monkey wrench in the, in the whole system. So who knows what's going to happen? But again, it comes down to more reason to party now. Party, party away again. Eat, drink, and be merry, my friends. For tonight, for tomorrow, we may all be dead. Or actually tonight. Could happen tonight. Uh, but you know what? That's what I would do. I, and I'm probably going to get in some trouble by posting a picture of Biden with his dark sunglasses on saying, thank you, Supreme Court. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me, for considering to allow me to assassinate anybody I want.
Who doesn't want to assass- the, the right to assassinate every, anybody they want? I would like that. Um, so anyway, Willie is not here. Uh, I don't know if he's coming or he's overslept or he's. I think Willie's got a, a, a another podcast. He's he's doing at this time in the morning somewhere. He's cheating on us with another pod. Actually, yesterday, I uh, suggested that both GD and Willie are wasting their time every day, every morning. They're wasting 10 hours a week with this stuff. Willie said, I can't believe you would say it's a waste of time. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I do. I don't think it's a waste of time for me because I got, uh, you know what? I got, I'm not trying to build a comedy career. I'm not, I, but 10 hours a week. Um. And I said this very first day. I hope Willie's using this time productively and really, um, you know what, doesn't need to be here five days a week. I would be working on my career. If I were him, I would take these two hours a day and do something productive with it. I'm not him. I'm, a, I'm an old geezer who's already done his penance. And I have five gigs this weekend starting today. Uh, and it basically... Uh, this is it's work for me but it's not a waste of time i enjoy doing it and then if i had uh i couldn't probably possibly use this time uh any what am i gonna do I'll go out and look for a gig now somebody asked to see my comedy work uh the other day on <laughs> they said, can i point them to some of my stand-up work online it's like no um that's not what i do i will i'm I'd like to do one or two just as a goof uh, over this summer, but um, not not in my plans. I'm not going to do that. Anyway, um, what do we got in the chat room here? Uh, more importantly, the 17 days till my birthday. That's Kelly. Kelly's birthday is 17 days away. That is, uh, I think it's March 18th or March 17th. Is it St. Patrick's Day? I don't know. Uh, she did tell us that. I think it was the day after St. Patrick's Day, but it's not. That's not 17 days from now. That's 18 days from now, isn't it? I'm confused. Anyway, happy birthday! We're gonna. This is Kelly's birthday month. She's one of those people who's gonna get a month for her birthday, and we'll we'll remind. If you remind me to say happy birthday to Kelly every day this month, uh, and we'll do that. Um, Mike Vander will be here. Mike has been very busy playing, uh, performing at Funny Bones all over the Funny Bone world. Um, so he'll be with us at 9.15 today. We don't have a 10.15 guest, uh, and that's fine, because uh, you know, it's been what it's been. Last night I had June Edward on the program. June was a, a psychic medium who's been on this program, on the morning program about six weeks ago, and we were still talking about her book. Now, going down the reincarnation stuff and uh, you know, how to make decisions based on your uh, what your soul wants, a lot of things like this, but comes down to it. If you believe in reincarnation and that you're here to learn certain lessons and then you die and then you wait to be reborn again and then you learn new lessons based on the fuck-ups you made <laughs> the first go-around. If you believe in in that and, th- and the fact that it's all kind of predestined that all your lessons, your lesson plan is written out by the teacher in advance, then 
there really is no regret for anything. You really are not in control of anything in your life. You're just riding along like a feather on the breeze, uh, trying to learn what's put in front of you, but some of us are not that great learners. And here's the thing. Uh, you would think the teacher, <laughs> the teacher would kind of get to know this student uh, after a few I don't know, thousand years, million years, whatever, and figure out he's not a quick learner. He's not a fast learner. He's not up quick on the uptake. Maybe I should make things simple for him so that he can learn it in one lifetime. Maybe, you know, he doesn't seem like the brightest bulb on the tree. Let me let me make it easy for him. But no. Uh, so maybe the teacher is fallible. Oh, is that blasphemy? I'm going to hell now. But no, she says you only go to hell if you murder somebody and don't have, show any remorse for it. Or what was the other part? You, know, you you take your own life, and and you know so that those are the people who go to hell. So you basically, she was saying, if you and I don't, I did not, I tried to uh, soften this a little bit by saying she said uh, if you don't, if you show remorse at the end, you go to heaven. <laughs> so you can kill you can be Ted Bundy and go on a killing raping spree all your whole life but as long as you show remorse before you die and repent you'll go to heaven and uh, so I said basically you don't want to put that out there like you can't just fake remorse and repent, repentance <laughs> Because a lot of people will use that as an excuse. Oh, I I can be Ted Bundy my whole life. All I got to remember is when 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 the bullet hits me, when the bullet hits me right in the brain, I got to think really quick to repent and show remorse. You, you're setting people up for a life of really, really shitty life. And the other part is, uh, what good is a place like heaven if you have to share it with Ted Bundy? I brought up the Bill Burr stuff. Like, how am I supposed to enjoy heaven if my friends are in hell and my family is in hell? Uh, there's that part of it. But also, how am I supposed to enjoy heaven if Ted Bundy's got the room right next to me? Anyway, speaking of Ted Bundy, GD is here. Uh, good morning, GD. Good morning, MindDogTV.com. Tonight, tonight, we all could be dead tonight. Tomorrow, uh, really. Well, we could be dead tonight. Well, yeah, By tomorrow. Me. You. Us. MindDogTV.com, the place to go to get shit. Shit like this. That's good. Get shit. Shit like this. Uh, now, in, your, in the mood to sing, why don't you sing shit happy like birthday? Oh, oh. Why don't you sing happy birthday to Kelly? We're going to, every day. We because should. I accidentally wished her happy birthday earlier in the month, and she chided me. Um, made mockery of me and told me that her birthday was next month and she made me feel this big and as a result I'm not wishing her happy birthday until her actual birthday that way what she a, won't chide me again what a terrible thing to do I can't believe I she's that low yeah she chided me so much so that I actually had to I, I was in tears at the end of the show by the end of the show I was in tears I was crying I, I was weeping into my hair Wow. Oh, you had your hair done yesterday. Uh, listen, I'm sorry to say this, but I can't tell the difference. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Looks like it I did can yesterday. Tell the difference. I can tell the difference. Really? How much and, did, that, how much did, did that cost you? 
to tell the difference. <laughs> uh, Come on. No, 90. 90? Well, that's after tip. Oh, okay. I was going to say, how much is the tip on top of that? All right, 90. All right. It's 75, and then I tip 15. All right. Now, are there women in, in this place? Where you, is it like a woman's salon that you go to, and then you just happen to be the only... Is a co-ed no, salon? No, it's a uh, it's co-ed. It's a, it's a dread salon. Just, as long as you have dreads, it doesn't. That's all they do is dreads. They don't that's do like. All he does is dreads. That's all he does is dreads. He he is that's his entire business model. Now he does things with dreads. Like some people get their dreads dyed, um, some get their dreads styled. But we all go in to get the touch up, the traditional you know tightening of the dreads. As we would, it's like the running of the bulls. We get the tightening of the dreads, and. Uh, Hmm. You know, so but that's all he does is dreads. All uh, right, now is that's yeah, but is, is there any kind of because uh, I can't think of his name now. Fuck, I'm James. Gonna, his name is James. Like, no, not his, style. not his name. Uh, uh, this hairdresser I know who has it, Robert. God, I can't remember his last name. Uh, he's a very well known hairdresser. Taylor. Robert Taylor. Not Robert Taylor. Okay. Uh, he he has a salon chain and it's it's called Sex in the Cinti, uh, and it, the salon experience is um, more than just like hair getting your hair done. It's a full rubbing day. dog. <laughs> it could be, but no, it, it's uh, I don't know massage or, or, or extra like a, a day like a it's like a spa experience. Uh, any uh, any extras beyond the hair stuff? Are you just going in there? The guy's doing your hair. You're walking out. I go in. Uh, I, I he has like the television with the Hulu and the, all the other things, and but I don't usually. I can't listen to that because I'm under the dryer like for two hours of it. So right. I work Watch. on my comedy while there. Sometimes like I work on sketches and stuff for two hours. It's, wow. it's like it's like putting a. Here's the deal. It could be less time, but to make it less time, you have to turn the heat up. You turn the heat up to make it dry faster, but then yeah. my scalp will burn like a baby's ass on a beach without um, without sunscreen. That's a stretch. I've never seen a baby's ass burning on a beach. But without we, sunscreen. Without, oh, well, with you or with seen it. it with sunscreen, I'm just saying. My scenario is without sunscreen. You know, when I was a baby, they laid me out on the beach a lot. Uh, I'm probably got, but I I was the kind of kid who never sunburned. I don't know. I had like built-in Guinea sunscreen or something. So <laughs> well, I they never, buried you in the sand. That could be. <laughs> uh, yeah. So June Edwards was was interesting last night, and uh, we'll talk about that probably at some point in the program. You know what? Uh, it was a different thing having her on a one-on-one -on -one without you and Willie there. So it's a different energy experience. <laughs> uh, it's kind of uh, an hour is a long time to talk about reincarnation and that's in whatever we talked about. Anyway, Mike Vander, Mike uh, has been. Well, let me play a commercial before we bring Mike in. So just to, to get it out of the way, uh, today really is the last day to sign up for the bogo deal at true fire so get get on it now bogo uh, just one thing before but since you mentioned last day you was talking about the the, the um the congruence between the african-american month ending and women's month beginning and the 29th is actually where black women celebrate women's day it's they only get that one day yeah it's just black women 
So the 29th is just for black women. And I can't wait for the, it's all women. I can't wait for the 10 months of uh, white men's month that uh, starts next month. Uh, yeah, well, that's just, yeah. We it get starts ten, April starts April first. April first every year, yeah, because anyway, uh, two five last day to get your BOGO deal. And if you don't know BOGO, BOGO is buy one get black. one uh, for black everything one. they have on the sign. Yes, black one. <laughs> Over 2 million guitar players worldwide learn, practice, and play with TrueFight. Our learning tools and massive library of video lessons will ignite your technical skills, harmonic knowledge, rhythm playing, and soloing chops. TrueFire's educators are the best in the biz, from Grammy Award winners to world-renowned artists. You'll have access to an unparalleled faculty of over 300 top-notch blues, rock, jazz, country, finger style, and acoustic guitar educators. <laughs> Using our desktop and mobile apps, you'll work with TrueFire's multi-angle video lessons on any device, anytime, anywhere. Integrated learning tools such as video sync tab and notation, slow-mo, looping, practice jam tracks, and many more handy controls accelerate your learning experience. TrueFire's style-specific learning paths guide you every step of the way. Use our assessment tools to find your starting point, then follow our lesson recommendations, and track your progress as you work through your personalized TrueFire study plan. Progress faster with private one-on-one -on -one instruction, group lessons, multi-track video jams, live streams, song lessons, student forums, TrueFire's Riff magazine, premium jam tracks, and much, much more. With thousands of five-star ratings and reviews from amateur and pro players alike, you'll find yourself in good company with the world's most comprehensive guitar learning platform. Grab your guitar Grab and guitar. musicality. Bite Sign musicality. Up free for an all-access trial today. Sign up free to get your all-access. Go to MyDogTV.com and click on the banner so that we get credit for you joining up. Anyway, Mike Vander is here. Uh, ask Michael a question real quick. Something happened as soon as... Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, he has to be in the room before you can ask him a question real quick. I can ask him now. He can hear me, right? No, Mike, he can't. Mike, he, he can't hear you. He can't hear you. He can't hear you. No, you're on mute. You're muted. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was muted. Uh-huh. Um, he's been very busy. He's been funny boning his balls off. He's been funny balling his bones off uh and he uh he's here today let's just bring him in i'm just i'm not good with the intros this week i'm good morning mike oh you're drinking a monster drink yeah i'm hoping they'll uh, sponsor at some point now what are you, you're in the office i am i'm at work do they know what you do they know what you're up to right now they know about half of what i'm doing <laughs> okay. uh, Tell us what you're doing, man. What, what's going on with you? You're you're doing, you're working every night of the week on the funny bones in every city of in the country. I don't know about every city in the country, but I'm I'm getting there, man. We got a good show coming tomorrow uh, to Yellow Springs, Ohio, at Peaches Bar and Grill. Uh, Luke Capasso runs the show there. He's an incredible comic. Uh, he's awesome on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, so he booked me to do a set tomorrow at his show at peaches and i'm you're, really excited about it you enjoying the ride absolutely 
All right, GD I, I, has a question really I have a quick. Question, and it's only because it's, I, I'm, I don't believe in coincidences. So I just wanted to know, is your zip code 21074? No. Okay, because as soon as you popped up in our green room, as soon as I saw your face, my phone gave me a sex offender alert in that zip code. So I just wanted to make sure that you weren't the sex offender that it was alerting me about. No, no, no not me. Oh, okay, I'll, there's someone else. Wait a minute. I'm a sex offender from a different zip code. That's not okay. my sex offender zip code. Um, that's very interesting. Now, why? Uh, I'm sorry, Mike. I have to take some time away from you and talk to GD about this. But why? Because uh, I never got a sex offender uh, alert ever in my life. Do you have some kind of um, app that makes you get sex offender alerts on your on your phone? That's a good question. I just assumed everybody got them because it just it started appearing on my phone after I updated and rebooted it one day. There is a town just south of me that has like a sex offender every ten feet, and we never get an. Uh, I've never gotten an alert about it. So maybe you don't have any sex offenders in Long Island. No, there's a town just south of me that had one every yeah, ten right. feet. Uh, yeah, but that's a different town, isn't it? What? It, it's just yeah, it's just a down the road here a little bit. But yeah, I mean, so your town may not have any. You just got one for for uh, for a zip code that is in a different state. No, it's the same. I guess it's the same state. I, like I said, I didn't check. It just gave me the alert two one zero seven four, and right. it just happened to pop up just as Mike popped up. So I just wanted to make sure that there was, you know, two one zero seven four. You say? Yeah. Yeah. Right, I think we'll it's let me see. Uh, Hampstead, Maryland. Oh, so yeah, it's Maryland. Mike's a, Mike's a uh, Dayton, Ohio guy. Yeah, but he doesn't have to be there now. Oh, he's a, he's an Ohio guy, but he could be in that zip code, especially if he's a touring comedian. Well, he's not. Um, he's not. No. Oh, sorry. He, Again, he, Mike, my apologies. It made you confess that you're a sex offender in a different zip code. And I apologize. I it says the that. guy's got dreads, brand new dreads he just had done yesterday. That's what it's saying. It could be the other guy that was in the room with me. Could be. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, two of us in Maryland with dreads. Mike, uh, are, are you familiar with Steven, the sitcom Ortiz? No. Because he was part of the uh, world record-breaking thing. Comedian. From, uh, he's from, I think he, where is he from? I think he's from Ohio. Uh, no, I thought he was from Pennsylvania, but travels to Ohio. Uh, travel to in Ohio. His wheelchair, but, then he does it in his wheelchair. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, he was part of the the thing that you were part of the eighty two hour uh, thing in the Dayton area. Really, and he was yeah. in a wheelchair. Yeah, he's called the sitcom. That's his kind of moniker. Uh, huh. Yeah, so I was just curious. The two of you guys, I thought maybe you might have seen him or, or known about him because he was in the same thing that you were in. Just a uh, Couple of weeks I was ago. there for a good chunk of the time, but I don't remember. His, his <laughs> I believe he went on at like nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. He oh, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You also have to forgive Matt. Matt just assumes that all white comedians know each other if they play That's, the same. We do. They play the same city. <laughs> well, this the same uh, record breaking. Um, what is the festival? same show? Yeah, he just assumes yeah. it's the same show with the same producers and shape the same publicity and stuff that somehow you know each other yeah well it's not a bad <laughs> assumption to make actually anyway so so yeah tell me about this thing with the funny bone stuff did you uh is that like are they all connected and they book you or, or you it's like separate shows that you're just hustling for yourself 
So that are you talking about the the post that I have pinned to my profile? Yeah, yeah. You were out, it's been a week. I got a, three different funny bones in three different uh, cities. Yeah. So that was they were all in Ohio. They were in uh, Liberty Township, which was Cincinnati technically, and then the Columbus funny bone and the Toledo funny bone. It was one comedian who every time he makes it to to this area of the country, he usually invites me on to either host for him or do a guest set. He's a real nice guy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for his opportunity. So, yeah, he just happened to have been hitting those three funny bones uh, right. for three straight days while he was popping through on his tour. And I was right. able to do all three of those shows. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, very cool. Well, you know what? That just, you know, networking pays off and getting making connections like that. So, yeah, definitely. Good, good for you. Good to see you hustling. Now you're enjoying the ride, though. It's because it, how far how far are you travel? Like you got to be back for work in the morning, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't usually don't go too far away, especially for the But you know, I'm getting around uh, in Indianapolis, Louisville, Columbus, pretty much anywhere that's within four or less hours of me. Right. Uh, yes. You know what? Um, that that becomes an issue. And we 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 had a guy on yesterday who's like almost my age, close enough to my age that he's. Uh, he doesn't really have to work anymore. I mean, he he does work, but he he could just uh, go on the road. Um, the the job becomes like an anchor in a in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> it it kind of restricts your ability to go really uh, more than like go away for a night, two nights, or whatever. Take go or definitely for a week, right? So, uh, yeah. uh, do do they understand that you have uh, these ambitions and 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 yeah, yeah, they work with me, especially to like do stuff like this to get on get on the radio show, and they work with me about you know if I need to step outside for a couple hours to do whatever, go meet with a potential booker, or uh, like tomorrow I'll, I'll be on a local news station promoting the show on Saturday. So they they work with me. They understand that I got this going on as well. And that I'm all right, you mentioned you mentioned promoting the show on Saturday. Tell us about the show on Saturday. So that's uh, in Yellow Springs, Ohio, right down the street from Dave Chappelle's new club. Uh, it's at Peaches Bar and Grill. My good friend Luke Capasso, uh, he books this show once a month, uh, mostly. And yeah, I hit him up and asked him if I, I could get on one of those, and he put me on immediately. The headliner is Ray Jackson. He's one of the funniest guys. He's been doing comedy all over the place for the last 20 or so years. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to it. A lot of good comics on the show that I, I've worked with in the past and look up to him. Ah, well, good for you. I, I hope that uh, works out now. Uh, are you going to bring something to drop off, uh, you know, a little press kit, something to drop off at Chappelle's Club down the, down the street? <laughs> I would. I'll think about it. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, just drop something off. Like, hey, what's it? I, I, I'm always thinking, you know, yeah, so you got a good gig for Saturday night, but, you know, you guys be thinking about the future as well, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, um, Last that yesterday on Facebook, uh, my friend Derek Sheen was making fun of uh, comedians. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. Let me let me just tell you quickly the story. If you know it, you can just stop me and say I know about it. Seattle um, Comedy Club sent out a letter to four comedians: uh, Kurt Metzger, Louis J. Gomez, Jim Florentine, and Dave Smith, saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, so basically they got they took it as cancel culture. The way I read the letter was that it could be cancel culture, but it's this. It's that the clientele that goes to that club 
would not appreciate your brand. It's not down with your political humor. And then you're not going to sell any tickets. Basically, you're not going to sell any tickets. We have to cancel the dates. Kurt Metzger went and put the, uh, the letter on uh, social media and basically was inciting people to attack the club about it. But right at the end of the letter, it says clearly, if you have any concerns or questions, please call us directly and we'd be happy to discuss this with you. He took the opportunity to get to take it to social media and kind of incite cancel yeah. culture in the name of cancel culture. And I think that's pretty fucking hypo hypo hypocritical, but also kind of funny that, you know, yeah, he, I think seeing it comedically is, is the best way to look at it, but he's, I don't think it's going to help him in any way. I don't understand why he did that. Like the comedy club has every right to book whoever they want to book. If, if they, I get the only real argument on his side is that they were already booked and then they got yoinked from their dates. So yeah. I can see how they can be like, well, if, if you booked me, that means you should have done enough research about what I do. Like why book me in the first place? If you're just going to come to a different conclusion later. Yeah. Absolutely. That, like most of the guys that posted about it, like Lewis, I think Lewis Gomez, one of them uh, came out and said, he was like, I mean, I get it. Like, my humor's not for everybody, and that club's got every right to do whatever they want as far yeah. as who they put on their stage. Well, that was kind of funny because I responded to Gomez because Gomez was saying having people attack the club and go after the club is not productive. And I agree. I mean, yeah. you, that's that's exactly what you're fighting against, this idea of, of uh, inciting a mob to, to do your business for you. And so, but I said, you know what, you guys threw, you guys started the fire, you threw the gas on it. Now you're telling people call a fireman. Uh, it's, it, that doesn't work for me, but he, apparently he was not down with publishing the letter and all that stuff. One of the guys, Jim Florentine got his gig back by doing the right thing, calling the club and having a conversation with them. Yeah. And that's a, to me, the direct way to do it is the best way to do it rather than just kind of. Think, think you're going to get the uh, social media to fight your battles for you. And that's what Kurt Metzger did. So, the thing I that just, bothers me most is that those guys are like, I mean, they're they're not on Netflix or Amazon, but like they've made it. They tour the country headlining comedy clubs. So like one club takes you right. off of their bill and all boo freaking who you lose one gig. Like I would. Yeah. Hey, that's exactly my point. It's like, you know what? You'd be in this business long enough. One gig is one gig. And uh, you you understand that basically it's they gave him enough time to find another gig. You know, it, it was plenty yeah. of advance notice. It's one gig. It's not like your career is getting canceled. Right. <laughs> it's a replaceable night on your calendar. Uh, and you're right. Yes, they are all of them. Uh, I, don't, I can't say for their financial status because they could be you know, broke. still broke, <laughs> but uh, they are definitely working comedians, full-time working comedians. And so, you know, one night should be easy enough to replace. And I think Gomez even said that he, he booked a night in the, in the same city, just a different part of the city for that same night. Anyway, he had plenty of time to make yeah. that adjustment. So it's just crazy. Now, when you see shit like this drama, are you are you taking like notes and make for for the journey ahead, like how to prepare for for the bullshit that's going to come your way in show business? Yeah, I actually had a really good conversation with a couple of my fellow comics just the other day about guys who are just seemingly always trying to like tear down other comedians, or and it's always coming from a place of like jealousy and bitterness, like oh I don't think they should be getting booked this much, or 
you know, they they haven't been doing this long enough. And I, I don't know, I've kind of took a stance against all the bitterness and jealousy, like, especially me being new to this still only a couple of years in, all I have to do is just be nice to the people who book me on their shows, tip the wait staff, you know, don't, don't drag them on Facebook, just kind of, yeah, be as kind as I can to, to everybody that I meet, my fellow comics and the people who book the shows, uh, because all the bitterness and the hatred and it's not going to get anybody anywhere. Well, uh, I hate to break it to you, but there's an adage, uh, nice guys finish last. That's where boundaries <laughs> come into play. We can, and I, I guess respectful is the better way for it. You know, yeah, no, take the I hand of the person booking you, make sure you, you tip their weight staff well when, you, when you're done at the end of the night. Uh, and respectful is the better way to put it. Having no, boundaries I, is obviously. I, yeah, I was I was just being a little bit silly there. To be honest with you, I prefer to finish last. Let everybody else finish first. I want to keep going. Because yeah. <laughs> it feels good no matter how long you're on there. Yeah. Uh, but being a, a nice guy uh, definitely is, you know, I'm a nice guy. I said last week, uh, no more Mr. Nice Guy. And, and GD was shocked that I ever was a nice guy. But in, in dealing with business, I think you have to kind of roll with the punches. And basically, you know, uh, uh, things are going to happen. Things you're going to listen. I'm half my gigs, not half my gigs. I'm, I'm exaggerating. In the between April and September, Almost all my gigs are outdoor gigs, so I'm subject to being canceled by weather or anything else within a half hour notice of a gig. It's not like I don't have six months to find another gig, so I'm right. I've learned to roll with those punches pretty pretty easy. You know, waiting for a phone call. Should I leave the house? <laughs> type yeah. of thing. I have a gig tonight. Should I get on the road or should I? Now sometimes I've actually driven three and a half hours to get there as I pull into the parking lot, got the phone ring up, oh, show's canceled tonight. It's like you couldn't. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't do a lot of gigs, but by, de- by design, I, I just, I was at the point where at one point I was just so busy that I was miserable. So I said, I, what makes me happy? I like to do like maybe one or two gigs a month and I'm happy. And so, but then I had one month where I had like no gigs and the next month I had like four gigs. And then one canceled, and I was going by average. I'm like, God, okay. But I was, I was fine with the place canceling. I understood, but they only gave me it was, it was a 90 minute set. I was, it was just me, but they canceled like two days before because they were afraid I was going to be too offensive. Hmm. And but they had like three months to find out how offensive they thought I was going to be. Offensive. Wow. Yeah. Um, but not based on anything political, right? Or what was it political? No, that's just it. Yeah. I designed my set for their audience. Right. It was a, it was it was a night it was a ninety minute set. It was musical parodies. So, but some of the songs, depending on the song, may have too much sexual innuendo. Maybe Holy crap! Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're all adults here. It's it's not like it's a family friendly show. It's not right. built right. It was not. <laughs> But so I'm just a little confused now because I thought you were doing things every week at uh, the doghouse thing. Those are not shows. They turn into shows because other comics don't show up. Uh, so like, like this Tuesday, um, Ron is still in town. I'm, I ran the open mic. We had an audience. I was the only comedian. So I did an hour and five minute set. Wow. Very so, good. Turned, so I'm going to say, so I'm getting my chops in. I'm, and I did like, New material, old material, and especially since it was like a new audience, you know, the material, a lot of the new material was like new to them. 
it was like maybe four years old for me, but it was new to them. You know, right. some of it was like brand new where other people haven't even smelt it yet, let alone seen it or heard it. And All right. I want to, uh, Mike, are you, um, are you part of the blue blueprint for uh, comedy success, Barry Katz thing? Or did you sign, sign up for that? I haven't signed up yet, but I did. Uh, I found the link for it and looked into it and, uh, there's a I, lot of big names on there. I just haven't signed up yet. Yeah, I'm interested because there's a lot of people I I know on there, uh, and it, I just from back to and he likes first. them all. He likes them all. Uh, not, no, not all of them. Uh, but I noticed in the comedy competition that GD had uh, done an entry that was pretty offensive. I have to say, I would cancel that guy in a second. <laughs> yeah. But it was canceled once before. It was canceled before. <laughs> Uh, now, t- talk to Mike about this. Do you are you getting? Uh, do you feel like you're getting uh, value out of that? Is that helping you? That whole blueprint. Do you see any uh, perceived value at this point? You're just like three or four weeks in, but and and each week is like different. Like this coming Monday is like a writers group thing where they're working, you know, shopping shopping ideas. I and I I signed up to attend it, but I don't need it. I don't need a writers workshop per se not at this point in my career i don't need a writer's workshop but and and i'm and the ideas i have i'm not going to shop them with other comedians right and Uh, i so as far as i i don't know that it depends on what i'm not sure i'm not convinced that they can help me with where i am and and the kind of help i need i think the one thing i have picked up is that most of what i need is going to have to come from me and a lot harder Okay. Hmm. So interesting. That's one of the things. I mean, because it's it's part like as far as okay, if they're going to make me a better comedian, I'm a good writer. I'm a very good writer. I'm a good performer. The only thing that's going to make me a terrible reader, though, uh, terrible reader. I'm an awful reader. (laughs) But the only thing that's going to make me a better performer is to perform more. I'm performing roughly an hour set every week. Okay. So, and yeah. So I'm performing an hour set almost every week. Right. That's, again, that's not a lot. If you're like a professional professional, it's not a lot. But in my life, with what I do, an hour a week of comedy and doing it in one spot for one audience, as opposed to having to jump, doing like seven minute sets and jump to seven clubs to get an hour. All right. Let's take this back to Mike for a second, because. Yes. Mike, if you did an hour a week, because I'm thinking you're, the sets you did at those three funny bones were probably 20 minutes or less, right? Yeah, uh, 10 to 15. Yeah, so an hour a week would be four gigs. <laughs> at, yeah. yeah. So that would be really good experience. I think the 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 issue of breaking it into chunks of stuff that you – because I'm – are you doing the same material in that uh, uh, the three gigs, like uh, – for three nights in a row did you do the pretty much the same set yeah for the most part yeah yeah that comes back to what al baker the <laughs> baker the faker magician told me when i was a kid was this idea of to be a professional you do the same stuff for a different crowd 
every every day, every night, whatever. And an amateur is going to do a, a basically new material for the same audience over and over again. In other words, he was in talking about magicians. You have to go to the magic shop and buy new new tricks to do for your family and friends every time. That's an amateur, even if it, you're getting paid for it. But it's the same audience. But you got to keep updating your act all the time. But it, it's just a concept of perfecting your act, getting it down, and doing it the best you can. So that 10 to 15 minutes is a whole different thing than GD doing a new hour every month, once a month or once a week even. It's a, it's a whole different experience, right? Yeah, definitely. I've gone with the, I guess you call it a slow and steady approach, uh, where like right now all the jokes I've been working on for the last two and a half years since I dove into this, they total about 30 minutes of material and that's it. That's my stand-up. And then I've got my uh, music alongside of it. So add a couple songs. I've only got 45 to 60 minutes of material to perform at comedy shows, but it's yeah. stuff that I've polished up over time and written new tags for it and have a new punchline here and there. Yeah. That, you know, um, I think there's uh, something to be said for that. And so I think, Basically, coming back to the blueprint stuff, I think it would be more helpful for somebody like you who was just working on a set to to perform to people rather than somebody who's always like adding new material and rewriting a whole new month, a whole new hour every month or something. It would probably be more helpful for somebody like yeah. you. Anyway, Willie, you look a little upset. What's the matter? You're not smiling. You're not co you're constipated, Willie. Is that what the C is I mean, for? I, constipated. I... I do usually shit before I'm on the show in the morning. I have not done that, so so maybe that's Take maybe, I'm gonna probably be more especially full of it today. I don't know. Yeah, Take I don't know. I'm, I've been moody the last couple of days. I, I, I'll admit I've been moody. Drink this. Like, drink this. It will help. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, you you want to. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember the talking fish from Pee Wee's Playhouse? Anybody? <laughs> That's how I learned how to talk like that. Wow. You know, my, <laughs> my wife has been watching this thing on her phone, Blacklist. Have you, are you familiar with it? Yeah, Blacklist. yeah, I've seen that show. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen probably half the half the series. James James Spader. Yeah. 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 He, he, he's, he's really fucking good. But uh, yeah, I liked him in Wolf. Remember Wolf with Jack Nicholson? He was in that. I, well. I that looked up his good. credits for her because she didn't. She wasn't familiar with him, and I saw Wolf, and I I don't remember that movie. But it's I, a very good movie. Yeah. Decent. But good. the reason I brought it up was because you just brought up Pee Wee. Uh, Pee Wee Herman uh, was in uh, an episode of that he was a bad guy, and she's watching. I was like, "That's fucking Pee Wee Herman!" Like you couldn't tell well, it was actually him. Paul Rubens, but you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so, but <laughs> he he had a, a, a episode on that, and then. Andrew Dice Clay played a brain surgeon. <laughs> what? Yeah, oh, that's hey, that's top notch acting for Andrew. That's pretty. Good. That's pretty I was like, that's Dice. Uh, but he, I can see a plastic surgeon. I can see Dice being a plastic surgeon all day. But yeah, a brain surgeon. Holy shit! But he was still Holy talking shit. like Dice. He even though he wasn't doing the hickory dickory talk stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Getting your organs from the street, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Red, you know me. That, you know, 
Uh, it's just funny to hear the Brooklyn accent. That's that, he, he can't be a brain surgeon and talk like a dice clay. If you've gone to medical school, they will beat the Brooklyn out of you. I, I mean, they, I think it's a prerequisite to get into like medical school. Is, you have to stop being from Brooklyn. That that and hillbilly. You can't talk hillbilly if you're a brain surgeon either. Could you imagine that? Fucking talking like some backwood motherfucker. We're just gonna hear, hear more clip this. Yeah. And yourism, real quick. Yeah, get you up <laughs> out of this hospital. Take the Jew out, you. Uh oh. Why does everything have to be real quick with you, GD? It doesn't have to be real quick. We have time. Yeah, yeah but you're going to cut me off anyway. So, no. Right. Oh, I'm going to cut wife. you off. I'm going to cut but, you off anyway. So. Yeah, but this way it gives the illusion that I was ready to be cut off. <laughs> oh. Go ahead. What would what, you want to back up on? You was asking me about the the blueprint for success thing, and I was talking about the the writers part. You know, like right. Monday they're having a writers thing. Um, I there is a writers group or, or Dylan Brody, a comedian out of Los Angeles. He has a he does a writers um, workshop. Right. I would recommend his writers workshop to just to, to the dude because he actually knows more about comedy than most people will ever know he's he's just he's a really 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 good writer and a really good comedian no i know i know i've had i, I know dylan pretty well um also matt knutson has a white writer's workshop where he, he not necessarily a workshop but he'll work one-on-one -on -one with writers on right. perfecting this yeah you know, all that stuff is uh great but you know i was just seeing how well, like our friend vander might uh benefit from it if he could at all and i was thinking yeah. basically the idea of if you are perfecting a a fifteen minute to twenty minute uh, uh, set, that it might be more beneficial for somebody like that rather than somebody who's continually always writing a you know a new hour or a half hour or whatever it is. So, but anyway. basically, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I don't write like a whole new hour. What it is is I have like roughly ten hours worth of comedy, and I'm trying. And right now, I'm trying to put together. I'm putting together a 90-minute show, hopefully for June or July, and so I'm. I have like three hours of the material that I'm whittling down to 90 minutes, and so I work, you know, working that. And then stuff is always happening that so I'm writing new stuff as well, but I'm trying to whittle down three hours to like around 90 minutes. All right, uh, Vedo, uh, any. Uh, uh things you've learned from uh, these short road trips that that are applicable of it you might want to share with uh, people you know on your level of com comedy you know just in a few years uh things learned from these short road stints that you're doing lessons learned for uh, applicable to the business every crowd is completely different than the crowd that you saw before jokes that one night will get applause breaks and standing ovations yeah might result in crickets 24 hours later yeah. well, that's and, but then crazy. another joke that didn't do well the night before might do well that night yeah yeah well that that kind of uh that is different than the music business basically you know the songs that work in one place are going to work in in, a, in another place you might want to switch switch up from night to night just for your own personal energy on the stuff but generally you know you know the the uh 
the ones people respond to. That's really, yeah. you know, that's a difference between comedy With and music. music. A crowd to see a music performance knows the etiquette. They know when the song's over, let's clap yeah. it up. Let's <laughs> yes. cheer. They know to do that. Even if they didn't like the song, they're probably going to do that anyway. Right. Comedy is a little more cutthroat where, like, if your joke's not funny and it gets silent, that makes you look really, really bad. But if you can supplement that by just commanding the volume of the room as one person the whole time you're on stage, that works out. That can kind of mask somebody who's bombing or not doing very well as if yeah, their voice is what everybody hears at all times. Same thing as a music performance. It's loud as shit in there. It's all people can hear. You're not going to be able to tell if somebody's booing you because you're playing your music really loud. If I... If I'm doing the joke and it doesn't do well, it's on to the next one immediately. I I can't expect yeah. everybody to laugh at every one of my jokes. And if they don't, yeah. I have to know to keep it pushing and keep talking and move on to the next joke. Why, I, why, I don't understand. Why can't you expect that? If they don't laugh, I mean, why can't you just go out and make them laugh? Get, get a new audience. Fire them. You have the power. You're in charge. You have the where, power. Where are these supplemental audiences that you keep in your back pocket? <laughs> you keep... You keep talking about trading in the audience. Just get yourself. Yes. You know what? Yes. You're in charge. Mike, you have the microphone. You have the power, okay? You're the man. If the audience is not laughing at you, you fire those fuckers and you get another audience, okay? Get those seats. Fill them. Put, put them in there, man. I, I You comedians are just taking up. Yeah. Y'all just yeah, taking in the like ass and you don't have to. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying you guys have the power. You guys have the po Comedians have the power and we need to start exercising it. We need to unionize. We join local comedians. I can't get this stun gun to work remotely if I could. <laughs> I know, right? Jesus. Uh, My God. <laughs> I can't wait to get zapped with that thing, by the way. Oh, there it is. There, but it won't work remotely. Gonna, I can't. We're going to have to record that, you know. <laughs> oh, you got the wrong guy. Fuck. You got the it's wrong time. guy. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm not supposed to, to be here. In all the shit that I was talking about in the opening this morning, I was remiss in, in mentioning the passing of uh, Richard Lewis. Now, Richard Lewis, um, is very, you know, very successful, almost iconic in the comedy business. I have to admit sure. that when I I first was exposed to him for the first ten or fifteen years. I didn't get him what at all, and I would see him on late night, and like, what are people laughing at about this guy? How how was he? How was he on Johnny Carson and David Letterman so often? And all, it just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, now I wa watched some of those clips that I last night because it was the thing to do, and I was like, this is fucking hysterical. Why didn't I get it then? Were you guys fans? Uh, uh, this is out for everybody. Were you guys fans of of, of Richard Lewis and appreciate uh, where he I was did. coming from? Yeah, I, I, I never I, saw I, him and didn't enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> well, to I, uh, me, to me, I'll just put this out there that he was kind of making fun of me because he was so fucking neurotic. And not making fun of me like he didn't know me, but uh, I'm the kind of uh, he was making. Uh, he was overplaying the neurosis and the craziness and the quirks and all that stuff. Yeah, and I think right. that might have been why I didn't get it because that's just <laughs> the the guy the character that he embodied okay, was, actually, was actually was me. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. I couldn't see it. I was too close to it. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what it felt like. I, that adds up. I didn't see much of his stand up or whatever, but what I saw of him in movies, like the thing that always stood out to me was um 
I remember him from Robin Hood Men in Tights, which is one of yeah. my favorite movies. Uh, and he played like the king or whatever, and right. uh, right, like his mole always moved. Yeah, and the um, mole. uh, yeah. <laughs> see, that's me, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, uh, and like the, the bubble bath scene where he had the girls blowing the horns into the bubble bath that's one of the best scenes of that movie. I love that. Like, uh, uh we can disagree, we can agree to disagree on what the best scene of that movie was, but I uh, said one uh, of one yeah, of there's a okay. lot of good okay. scenes in that it's movie. Okay. That's, a, wrong, that's such a good okay. movie. You're wrong, but I'm not gonna point it out in public. That's I'm not I mean, okay. You like I mean, that. you're wrong. It's, it's, it's okay. uh it's a matter okay of opinion. Wrong. You're not you can't be wrong about a matter yeah, of you, opinion. You, that's you right. Be, okay, you can be wrong about that but don't challenge us. Uh, Mel, Mel Brooks, who, who was responsible for that movie, uh, he yeah. actually tweets out his own tweet. I believe he tweets out his own stuff on Twitter. He was on Twitter last night. He said, uh, I was so sorry to hear that we lost Richard Lewis. I will miss him very much. Uh, he was so funny, and I was so lucky to have him in uh, Prince John in, as Prince John in Robin Hood Men in Tights, but I was yeah. even luckier to have him in my life. Now, because I'm thinking about this in terms of what Mel Mel Brooks is was an old man when I first became aware of Richard Lewis, who was all older than me. Mel Brooks just tweeting for himself is just was an astonishment to me that he he felt the loss of Richard Lewis and went to Twitter to express that. That to me was like wow, Mel. <laughs> Mel is uh, two purposes. The first purpose is he gets you know he gets to share his grief. And a public thought. Another thing is, I'm still alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes. We need yeah, that from I'm Mel Brooks at least alive. once a year and, to let us know that he's and, still around. And we have a movie you can watch in in case you didn't know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah so, so I, I, I you know, whenever, they, whenever somebody plug. passes away, like all their movies and stuff, like people are going to be watching Richard Lewis content like crazy the next I year. I did last night. I watched at least yeah. six or seven clips from late night appearances just to refresh my memory about what it was that I didn't get about Man, him. And so great. Oh, he oh, was. Well, you didn't get, but I can't yeah, now, I, though. Other ones were like, when I watch them now, I'm like, that's fucking hysterical. He was uh, one of the bits that he. Uh, it wasn't a bit. He, he wasn't coming out and doing stand-up. He went immediately to the couch on Johnny Carson. And uh, that was something he wasn't used to doing. He came out and did, you know, a few minutes of stand-up before he ever got invited to the couch. And he was talking about his uh, neurosis of being on a plane with Johnny Carson for seven hours, sitting across the aisle from him and not wanting to look at him. He was afraid to look at him. He was afraid he was going to, you know. But he he was playing it off. He said, Ed, you be Johnny Carson and I'll, I'll be me. And Ed was just sitting there doing nothing. He just kept going back to, oh, you're doing great, by the way. Yeah. But uh, I was just like, and just total nervous energy and all, all stuff. It's like, man, this, this is why I didn't get him because I was full of all that same nervous energy that he was full of. So. Well, uh, with, with the passing, with the passing of, of Richard Lewis, uh, just so that people understand, I have moved up one more rung in the comedy hierarchy. Oh, don't assume so that. I, don't assume I, I that. Did. When he died, I moved up one rung. No, actually, actually, <laughs> Vander, actually, <laughs> Vander leapfrogged you yesterday. So not, not, not. He did not. I check. I have the standings right here. I am now the one millionth, one hundred eighty-six thousand seven hundred eighty-eighth funniest comedian on the planet. Eighty-first. Seven hundred eighty-eighth. I got it right here. Eighty-ninth. 
It's right here in writing. 89. Where's yours written? Mine's written right we'll here. Just round right that right, it's right there. Yeah. So I, I moved up one more spot in that comedy hierarchy. So. Yeah. Wait, uh, so they have, they, once they die, they can't be on the hierarchy ladder anymore? No, no, no. no their, their residuals can, their material can, but they cannot yeah. because they, they're no longer in competition. I still got Dangerfield in the top 15. No, oh, no, no, he's been gone. He's, no, his spot has been taken. His spot was taken by Ralphie May until he died. And once he died, Ralphie May's spot was actually filled Bob by Bob Saget, and then one Bob's. Yeah, and then he. Right. Yeah, that's the. So, but that's how it goes. Those spots, those spots are constantly moving. And like for you know, me, for me as a comedian, a comedian with a drug problem is like my best friend because that is like my best hope for my career to advance. Is for why aren't we OD. better friends than GD? Huh. I said, why aren't we better friends then? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want to have to mourn your loss. I want to I would no, loss. I would say because Will has good taste in friends. That's <laughs> uh, probably the reason for that. So, yeah, so the so the best thing for my career is for other comedians to die. You know, with uh, uh, drug problems. I'm gonna put a uh, uh, something out there and you guys can uh, tear me a new one if you want or just disagree or or just uh, maybe agree if you want. Um, one of the things that really, I, when when a celebrity dies, whether it's a comedian or a musician or a film star or anything, people want to pay tribute on social media, but they do it in the most awkward way where it seems like they're making it about themselves. Like, right. uh, I'm so sorry, Richard Lewis died. I always loved, and then I always remember, and I remember meeting him once, and it's always like, Let's make this about me. The guy just died, and how can I ma how can I make uh, how can I make this all about me uh, moment? And that, that stuff is, really pisses. That is exactly what I do on purpose. When a comedian dies, I say rest in peace. I have moved up one more spot in the art in the hierarchy, oh I, and it's and it's, it's a complete. It's a, it's like a nod to what well, you just. Well, said. once again, uh, you're wrong about that, but and I know you're going to say you're right, but that just proves how wrong you are about that because you don't know when to stop beating a dead horse, as we've proved many times on this show. <laughs> but first of all, if you, you take it for granted horse, that you're moving up. Won't get tender. If you don't beat a dead horse, he won't get tender. So you don't know. You have I mean, to that beat is a dead pretty horse. rough meat. I will say that's Thank that's you. some tough Thank meat. You. you do want to tenderize that. That is for yes. sure. How are you supposed Peter's to? going to have a field day with this show. How, how you? Carl wants to know how you're supposed to say it. The collective appreciated Lewis. You could say it without ever using the word "I." That would be a good. Uh, <laughs> good well, I mean, starting I think place. people are just trying to relate, did. like how how his body of work affected them or made them feel. I don't think there's anything wrong. That's with that. fine. You could say you, that. That me. there's nothing wrong with that. But the idea of. Uh, Richard Lewis just passed. Here's a picture of me with him. How and how much he loved me, and uh, you know, people, uh, how great friends we were. And you know, they weren't really great friends. You, if you weren't talking about him for the last twenty years, you weren't talking about your great friendship with him. The minute he passes, he was your best friend. <laughs> we were we were close as anything. Well, how come I never heard you mention him before? <laughs> I guess it's, it's just a matter of if they're being honest or not. Yeah, because some people like if if my best friend died, I probably would post pictures of absolutely him and I the next Abs day. But that's because he really was my fact, best friend. So no, that's absolutely die, true. As soon as they died, that's when I that's when they become my best friends. Like for example, I never met Richard Pryor in my entire life. Never met Richard Pryor. As soon as he died, I started immediately talking about all the things we did together, and 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 he could 
you know, you say, ask Richard if you want. Richard can verify this. You know what I'm saying? I, all the things that we did together, all the fun we had, as soon as he died, as soon as he was no longer able to challenge it, that's when I did it. Mike, I just want to say, if uh, you know, in, in your path here and you're looking for comedians to gain insights and, and perspective from, uh, don't ever don't ever look to GD. He just like, oh, my God. That's so mean. Clueless. Why would you say that? Clueless. Clueless. I'll hit him up anytime I need to know where I'm at on the comedy hierarchy list. Yeah. 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 Uh, All you gotta do is check in with um the comedian union local 420. They'll give you they keep a track track of track of it. That's part of what they do. So uh, let me just uh, kind of back up here. Now I, I, I totally agree with that. If you were genuinely we know the people that were, I mean, and there were a lot of them. Richard uh, Richard Lewis had a lot of people in his life of, from this comedy experience. and you, But you know those people. But when you see somebody who is, I don't know, 30 years old now and in comedy, and they post, they post a picture of him uh, basically with them and trying to suggest that they were close friends, and you know they were. And, I mean, Richard Lewis he had a lot of friends, but he wasn't friends with everybody he took a picture with. And there are a lot of people who are just trying to use that moment to say, okay, look at me. I met Richard, Richard Belzer, uh, Richard Lewis, I, Richard Belzer, uh, Richard Lewis once. You know, uh, example, yeah. Yeah. Did Cause they like, traveled in time a few right. months back or what? No, that was a year ago. Believe it or not. It was a year and a, year a, year and a, a year and a couple of months ago that Belzer died. Yeah. It was came up my Facebook uh, thing. <laughs> Facebook memories about Belzer passing and uh, a lot of people were upset about uh, you know that uh, the same things when Belzer passed and that's probably why it's in, in my head a lot of people were just claiming closeness that it just didn't exist Ooh, but, and, and I was just man. happy to move up one more spot oh my god I meant to tell you this Matt a couple of weeks ago I was in Columbus at a comedy show and Somebody, a, a lady came up to me. She was like, I recognize you from somewhere. And she's like, she's not from, I think she's from Chicago. So like her and I had never done a show together before. And then she was like, oh yeah, you're Vander. I saw you on Coffee with the Dog. I guess she came on here like the week after me or something. Danielle. Oh, uh, Warnick. Warnick. No? Something like that. I think it was yeah, Warnick Stahl. Oh. But. Yeah. You know, very cool. You know what? I, I I got recognized the other night <laughs> by somebody. It was it's it's always a weird thing. It's like oh yeah, but they never get my name right. They never get the, the they recognize your morning mustache guy a lot. I get that kind of stuff. Morning mustache guy. <laughs> hey, listen. You know what I get when people recognize me from a show or whatever? Hey, you're that Arash. one nut guy, right? You're the one nut comedian guy. Yeah. yeah. Or the flower shop. It's either flower shop. Or one nut guy. Wow. You really only have one nut? Yeah. Yeah. We're, I lost, half I lost nice. my nice. You know, <laughs> I have a lot of friends who have one nut. And it's just, it's amazing. It's way more common than people think. Actually. Yeah, it is. I must be, but uh, you're the only Most one. People just don't talk about it. <laughs> right. And you're, you're the only one who got the missing nut shot off. So. My middle brother only had one testicle. He lost it in the military. Uh, I know a guy that got uh, kicked in kicked in a fight. Uh, the dude he was fighting had cowboy boots on and kicked him in the balls and it fucking ascended up into his fucking shit and it wouldn't re-de- re- 
descend. So you got to high lick them and you spit it out. (laughs) No, they had to surgically remove it. It Uh, Anyway, yeah. Um, So Saturday night, let's let's uh, Mike. You got to get back to work, or 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 you hanging for a while? Because I wanted. I got like uh, ten minutes. I got to be out of here at ten fifteen. Well, I just want to plug your show again Saturday night. Tell people where it is, and and it's it's down the road from Dave Chappelle's place. That's what we know. Yep, Yellow Springs, Ohio, Peaches Bar and Grill, uh, hosted by Luke Capasso, headlined by Raymond Jackson. 9 p.m. on Saturday, March 2nd. Tickets are $10 on Eventbrite. Not bad. Good deal there. Um, now, have you been there before? You know the crowd, what the crowd that goes there? Because Bar and Grill sounds a little scary to me. For for for, <laughs> music, for me, it would be my, my dream gig because I love playing Bar and Grills as a musician. But as a comedian where you have to talk to people and talk over people, I'd be a little bit intimidated by that. Have you been there and, and know the crowd? Yeah. Yeah, I saw him. He hosted a show there just a couple months ago. I want to say back in November, uh, Lori Graves headlined it, and it was an amazing show. He always brings a good crowd. The cool thing about it is that Yellow Springs is like a hippy-dippy town. So, yeah, it's at a bar and grill. You would assume it's more of a rustic audience. But, no, it's it's a bunch of hippy-dippy people that come out, and they love comedy. Obviously, Dave Chappelle kind of blew up Yellow Springs with people who enjoy the art. Uh, so, yeah, he always brings a great crowd up. I get it. It's just, and rustic doesn't bother me at all. It's just, are they prepared for comedy? Uh, because in a bar, people either generally go in there to score or pick up, uh, make a love connection, whatever that is, uh, you know, they, or have conversation, you know, just not to listen to somebody else talk. And even with, with music, you, music can overpower them to the point where they're going to just feel the beat and start dancing and all that kind of stuff. But just talking, you got to, hey, I'm up here. <laughs> Listen to what I have to say type of thing. Uh, I've noticed be- that with bar shows that I've done where, like, they're not, like, selling tickets to it. Basically, we're just posting up at a bar where people are already there hanging out, having drinks. I've noticed yeah, that yeah. that causes problems sometimes with people yeah. talking, not paying attention. But for this, like, he's selling actual tickets to it. So, like, people know. Yeah, that's a little bit. They, they know what they, better, yeah. they're paying for. Yeah. Well, you know what? Good luck with that, and I, I hope it. Uh, I hope it's a fun gig for you, and I hope you get. I hope you get more continuing work for that. How far you have to travel for that? It's, uh, Thirty minutes or so. It's not. Oh, not bad. Not so bad at all. Not bad. Yeah. I I can't remember the last time. You know what? Saturday, this Saturday night, I have a gig that's about 30 minutes away. First time I've ever played this place. Uh, But we'll see how that goes. I'm not uh, not (laughs) positive about this. Last (laughs) night, I had uh, June Edward on, psychic medium June Edward, who's been on this program. You guys remember her? Yeah. And she was was, like talking to Willie Talk. The Willie talk. This, the Willie. We would in. like to have her. We should have her on the Lord and the Lady. That'd be cool. Well, you, I'll, I'll give you her contact. You can. You can definitely. Yeah, uh, that'd be great. Ask her about that. But uh, she was talking to Willie's in talk. The Willie's in talk. You know the Willie's in talk. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know you you bring these things into your life. You the the energy you put out there or the thoughts you put out there will manifest in this. And I said I kind of disagree with that. I have to disagree with that because the best gigs in my life. I'm on the way to the gig and thinking, it's going to suck tonight. This is not going to be any fun. This is going to be the worst gig ever. And then I get there, and it turns out to be the best gig. And I condition myself now to almost do the reverse psychology on myself to think, 
Well, just get in the car. Even if I, uh, I'm on, I want it to be a good gig. I'm, there's something in the back of my head saying it might be a good gig. No, this gig's gonna suck. I tell myself that all the time. So I'm not. But she basically came back at me with the people you are gigging with. Their positive energy is overpowering your negative energy. I was like, maybe I, I gave her some points for that for, for even Either that. Either that or what you're really what what right what might really be happening is you're gonna have like one of the most horrendous gigs ever happen from all that energy that you've created on all these different gigs. It's all gonna it's all gonna pile on the one night that's just gonna be fucking shit show after shit show. That could happen. That, that could happen. happen. Believe uh, me, I've, I've watched karma rear its ugly head in that fucking way. It, no, uh, yeah. so, unless somebody's keeping a, a like a chart, though, you know, keeping score, you don't really know. The universe the is keeping the chart. Believe me, the universe no, knows no, everything. I'm talking about in, 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 in our world, in, in the physical oh. manifestation. You know, like when, when, back oh, when I was studying to be a minister, we had to keep diaries, you know, so right. that we could actually go back to things and say, okay, this if we thought that this was actually going to be a pertinent event, we would like record it right. and then see sure. what happened. The, the reason yeah, I brought this up I was mean, to, you're, you're, to bring it back to Mike for a second here. No, 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 it's too late. Mike's had his Yes, no. me, please. No, it's Let's not too late. more about me. It's not too late. We could, we could do this. Not too late at all. Uh, <laughs> basically, what I wanted to ask you about was mindset. Do you play do you play games with yourself mindset wise either before a gig or after a gig like for me it's both ways like on the way to the gig i'm talking to myself about the night i'm saying and probably filling myself with too much negative energy on the way home it's analysis time uh, are you, are you that kind of uh, you know the drive to and from is uh is a mental game for you or not yeah the drive too i'm usually uh going over my set in my head kind of like in the car ride like uh pretty much doing my set to myself in the car to make sure my timing is going to be all right and i'm not gonna like go over or come up short uh on the way home i it's if i do well then i'm happy on my drive home if i don't do well then i delete the video that i took and keep it pushing do you talk to on the way home do you talk to yourself out loud not usually. No. <laughs> I guess I'm alone in that. I, yeah, I, Matt and I, Matt and I, we just want to keep the car on the road. That's all we want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, good luck Saturday night, and I, I, I hope you kill him and uh, bring bring something to drop off at Chappelle's place, man. Uh, why not? You're just well, down. I'm actually going to be a, an action doll. A uh, transgender accent jaw dog <laughs> lay it on his doorstep. See what he thinks. Well, good luck with that. That might actually uh, get his attention, though. You know. Well, what? I'm gonna sign it, Tom Segura. All right, all right. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks for being part of the program, and good luck, and and you're welcome back anytime. You know that, man. Thanks, thanks for being here. Thank you guys Bye so now. much. I'll see you guys Bye around. Bye, Bender. Uh, go see him in uh, Saturday night. Anyway, uh, any thoughts from you guys on on what I just said about the mind games going to and from? Oh, I, I mean, go well, ahead, uh, I said my, my method of preparation is I on my way. I on my while I'm driving, I just call people on the phone and talk about anything but the show. You know, so it's because I'm if I've driving like two hours, three hours, that's I get on the phone <gasps> and I just call people. 
You know, like I think even once, I, I don't know if I've ever talked to Will from the phone, from the car, but I'll, I'll just call, usually it's people I haven't talked to for a while. And I'll talk about anything but the show. And wow. then once I get to the show, um, I check, I, I breathe in the atmosphere and I do something else, depending on where I am. If I'm the headliner, I actually mingle with the audience because usually I'm an unknown commodity. They're there because they're there to see comedy and they don't really know me. So I just, I, I hear things, I listen to things and I go, oh, that guy there does such and such. That guy, oh, okay. And so I don't, I've already, I'm listening to the crowd and stuff. And so once I get there and I'm doing my thing, I already know that guy there does such and such. And I can, right. you know, look at them when I do such and such a joke and, Right. But I, yeah. let, me, let me just tell the people on the radio side if you hear a new voice that you say who the hell is that uh richard lewis's best friend carl man just joined us uh i wouldn't say best friend i just sucked him off once round by the bins <laughs> well, who hasn't done that who hasn't yeah, done that I mean. anything for a spot right anything for a spot yeah, yeah. I do uh, want to say, GD, I'm glad that you mentioned that that's your pre-show ritual. You have called me once, okay. and I was, I'm, to this day, I was very confused about the phone call because <laughs> like, it lasted for fucking ever. You talked to me for like 40 fucking minutes about nothing, and, and yeah. at the end of the phone call, I was like, why the fuck did he just fucking call me? Like, like he just called me and talked to me for 40 minutes about fucking nothing. And I had no idea what the yeah. fuck that was about. Now yeah. I, now I know yeah. you were driving to a gig. Well, now you're doing YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, 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 before, like, the, all the time before the gigs, I'm, like, intent. My wife will tell you, I have, like, a ritual I do at home. And I'm going over the material. And I'm rewriting and writing it and shaping and stuff and rehearsing at home and stuff like that. And so <laughs> then I need to like cleanse my palate. Yeah, and, no, I get that. Yeah. I totally get that. And then and yeah. then just before the moments before the show, I have music that I listen to that gets the yeah. blood rushing. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. now I, need I know the material. Yeah, I know the material. The material is there. Yeah. That's you know yeah. I don't I, so yeah, I don't sweat I don't energy. sweat my show. Yeah. Yeah. All I need now is that I just pump up the energy to become GD Fenderson. And I'd listen to my music yeah. for that. And once I'm on stage, it doesn't matter if it's you know five members in the audience or five hundred members in the audience, they're gonna get as much as I got out there, you know, as much as I can. Hmm. So hmm. Uh, what about the way home afterwards? On the way home, if I'm if I'm driving with my if I'm by myself, um, I will call my wife. And and we'll, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about the show a little bit. She'll ask me like, "How many people? How'd you do?" And she always says, "I know you did great, even though I know I didn't always do great." And I think right. in her heart, right. she knows I don't always do great, but I always do right. a good show. The audience always has a good time. I you know that's you no know, to me. Great is did I nail every punchline I want to nail? Right. Because right. I would get in the car and I would go. Damn it! How can I forget that one? That's that's you know, yeah, yeah. So yeah. and that's yeah. and once as soon as soon as I finish talking to my wife, it matters. Sometimes while I'm while I'm talking to her, I'll go, shit, I forgot that. Oh man, I forgot that joke. I said because such and such happened. I started on a riff, and I know I shouldn't riff. I, I know I shouldn't riff because I riff on tangents. Yeah, but you know what? Like, okay, I I get that that idea that because I. 
I want to stick to my set list as much as possible. But if you don't address stuff that happens in the room or, you know, sometimes it's necessary to depart from that. You know what I mean? Because you reminded me of it. Mikey is he he's uh, my partner, Mikey. He is uh, I don't know if you would call it ADD, Love whatever. Him. He can't focus. I mean, he can't focus. He can't do two things at one time. He gets like laser focus. And we were playing this uh, outdoor place and there were thousands of people there, literally thousands of people having a good time. But one fat, ugly chick in the front and she was doing this. And like you stink, and I he kept looking at me like, what the fuck? He, he's now he's just like focused on this one person who thinks we stink, and uh, she she went to leave. Somebody uh, a bar uh, guy came up to her and told her she couldn't be out where she was with a drink or something, and she was pushing back, and she it looked like she was leaving angry. And Mikey, he gets in things in his head. Like and he just said, "Hey, stink!" Uh, he just equated her with stink move, and he thought, you know, her now her name would stink. She ended up getting arrested uh, that day. It was it made the papers. He was, but, absolute classic. Uh, well, yeah. well, I agree with everything you said, and the things the way the way my brain works, I will, I will rip myself into a fucking corner. And 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 I, and I need a, and I need a, and, and like I said, my brain my brain does not work like a normal brain, like a lot of comedians. You know, my brain it's not normal. Abby, and normal. I don't think I don't think most comedians have a normal brain. Yeah, no, yeah. there's no such thing as normal. There well, is no. Well, the reason why I say that is because, like, so when I was young, I was tested multiple times. <laughs> All right. Isn't that a Shel Sheldon line from Big Bang yeah, Theory? Cooper, yeah. My yeah, mother. When I, when I heard him say that, when I heard him say that, I said, "Great, you know, yeah." yeah. Welcome to the pig. Welcome, welcome to the uh, guinea pig. Guinea Those pig bad color. nights, though, do stick in your memory. The, 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 I'm doing a show next week, and the last time I was there a couple of years ago, I had a real bad time with a couple, two lots of hecklers, I guess, on either side of the room, and I just did not deal with it. There was one girl near the front just saying, "No, no, no." <laughs> The promoter couldn't hear her saying that. I remember calling her a cunt. What I wanted to say is I want to beat the fucking head in with this mic. I just got angry. I didn't deal with that. I just got angry with her. But she was sat there with this glass of wine bigger than her head just going, no, 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 like over and over again. And at the same time, there was a couple that, fuck it, I know they dislike me and they probably will be there next week as well. And the wife of this couple was saying, just move on. Just move on at the same time. Like, I've been, I was just, I've I been just told that mad. before. I've been told to move on when I was doing my Catholic jokes. See, no, I've, and I've, I've never, I've never been heckled. I've never been heckled in a show in the nine and a half years I've been doing comedy. I've never been heckled, not once. No, in a in a competition, a comedy. You know, in a competition, I've been heckled by the family of other comedians trying to throw me off yeah, my game. Which for work. that reason, gong nights and, and stuff. You you get people with agendas in the audience. Yeah, yeah. They want to vote you off, or they, yeah, yeah. people are supporting. I had my wife and I, my wife got pissed off once. Actually, we both got pissed off, but I got pissed off in a different way than she did. My wife and I have two different ways of getting pissed off, but we heard them saying, to, we heard this, this group of comedians walking around to the audience saying, don't vote for GD, don't vote for GD, don't vote for GD Fenderson, don't vote for GD. And we're like, and at first, my wife heard it first because I was just thinking about the set. 
and and then she pointed out and i'm like motherfuckers motherfuckers so what are you gonna do? I, said, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? Walk around behind them, saying, "Excuse me, I'm GD. Don't ignore what they said. forget what they said. Vote for me." I didn't know what to do. I I'd just address it when I'm on stage. I'd I was already, I'd already done hey. my set. I'd already <laughs> done my set, and I did it very well. Oh, okay. and that's why they were going around telling people. Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, GD Trump is uh, saying that the uh, it was rigged, and he, he actually won. <laughs> No, um, did, did you, I, no. Anyway, uh, you heard it here first, Westminster, Maryland, and surrounding area. Uh, GD ha- is wanting to be heckled. He, he needs uh, some more experience being heckled. So go where, wherever he is, <laughs> please do go out and heckle Race the fuck heckled, out of him. He yeah. uh, just so you know, people, if you, ever, if you know who I am, you do not want to fuck with me. So don't heckle me. Heckle at your own risk. That's yeah, a threat. Maybe, maybe people don't. Maybe people don't heckle you because you threaten the audience. Maybe that's yeah. That, that, that's that's I have made grown comedians cry. You know, for fucking with me. A regular audience member has no chance. Don't fuck with me. Enjoy I do the like show. it when a comedian has a breakdown. It's one of my favorite things to see when they get genuinely sad or upset. Angry, yeah. crying it's one of my favorite things to see i rise i almost masturbate to that when i see it and it's, it's <laughs> oh my god oh I, my god. I, I, I have i have broken Louis down C. K. Jr. Yeah. I, I have ripped comedians so badly that they cry so i don't don't mess with me an open mic is so much better when the comic gets crying <laughs> i had a roast battle once with a guy and i saved the nuclear he actually won because the judge was a piece of shit and he gave him the the, the thing because he had two l's in his name or something but i knew this guy, i know a lot about this guy a lot i did my research and i the la i just got an extra joke in the end and it was kind of about him hitting his girlfriend which was real and the, the look he gave me on stage was one of my fake. He, he wanted to punch me, but then he realized we're in a room full of people. <laughs> I can't. Uh, yeah. yeah, and he was getting slowly banned from every comedy venue in the country as well. Yeah, so I've seen, I've seen, com- I've seen that happen to people. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say comics. Like there was, there's some open micers uh, when I was first coming up in Sioux Falls that just did super cringe material and like. Uh, after a while, they started getting real creepy with some of the female comics and stuff, and like literally, literally ended up either through behavior problems or saying stuff on stage that certain venues, like like it was a white dude that would bust out the n word, and like um, there were some stages in Sioux Falls, and I don't think really anywhere in Sioux Falls, if you're not if you're not black, if you use the n word, like you're never gonna do their stage again, like you're going to be blackballed from there uh, immediately, which I think should be the case. I'm sorry. I just, what if you're black, but you're very light-skinned like my mother was? And what you do you know about being black? White. You know what I'm saying? You can pass <laughs> white and you do it. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. You know I mean, it it uh, does beg uh, the question, because like, I wonder, because uh, Quarter Black Garrett, I don't know if he's actually a quarter black or whatever, <laughs> but he looks white. Like, you can't tell that name. dude is black at all if he's actually black. Right, you depending know? on what state um, you're in, one drop of black blood makes you black, you know? Right, right, makes yeah, that's what well. I'm saying. On my so first ever, my right. first ever open mic, a, a comic, new com- first set as well for him. He just recited Louis C.K.'s the N-word bit. He just went up and did that. 
And like that's the whole room, okay. even what was my first set, but even I know it's like, no, this is bad. <laughs> I mean, that's not okay for a lot of different reasons, but Jesus, what the fuck? I just want to uh, put this out there for people who are watching on different networks. On the go- If you're on Governor's uh, Comedy Facebook page or YouTube page and you're leaving these comments, uh, we, we don't see them. We only see the comments that are on the Mind Dog Network's page, uh, which, uh, so you, this is from like 45 minutes ago or so, uh, comments that are, that I'm seeing now. If We're not ignoring you. We don't see those comments. Uh, Head over uh, to Matt Napo YouTube channel and Mind Dog TV. Yeah, how come we don't see those? I don't, that because it's on a different channel. It's not plugged. It's not directly plugged into this. We're, we're, uh, with all the governor stuff, they are taking the feed, running it through their uh, own server on Vimeo, and then back out to their channels. I don't know why that is, which is... Part of the delay because reason why we have to get over. They're living in 2011. Yeah. Hi, Governor. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so one of the things I, I want—I don't know if this has ever happened to any of you guys, but for me, I gig a lot, and so there will be, especially when you're playing four hours a night. There's going to be some bad moments, but sure. people in the audience who are taping on their phone always seem to post the very worst moment of any gig. <laughs> and the last two days, one lady, uh, uh, her name is Diane Snyder, I think, she has posted probably about 30 of the worst, most embarrassing moments of the Rock and 45. And she thinks she's being supportive. She's not doing it to hurt us. or missing a beat. Yeah, when I happen to hit the worst fucking note in the universe... Well, I get uh, that with pic- I get that with photos. A lot of the- it was years before I even got a half decent photo of me doing stand up. I-, I just looked like a disgusting, badly lit troll, like doing the worst expression or thing, just sweating for years. Yeah. That was the only pictures I had. How do you respond? Do you do you uh, ask them to take it down? Do you kind of? Uh... Oh no, this is this is ones that I've that of other people have taken of me and then sent. So most oh. people will send you the picture. Yeah, but they yeah, put but it all over. Over, all over yeah. social media, and it's like I, I, I was like, oh, I, and they tag me in it, and I was like, I go, I have to go on and tag myself first, and then I'm like, is there any way we can get these people to stop doing this? Yeah, well, a lot, I guess the good thing about common is that most people know not to film it and stuff, or that you tell them don't don't film it. So there's not a lot of unwanted footage out there, apart from the one Tony Hinchcliffe had a couple of years ago. There's not a lot of, uh, yeah. Most yeah. people know not to do that. I think, not everybody. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like something being put up that I didn't put up or I have knowledge of. That, I take pictures of the comedians at every show. I pretty much every show I do, unless sometimes I forget. If I'm the host, I'll forget because I'm busy trying to make sure things run smoothly. But if I'm just a participant, and I'll just I will take pictures of all the comedians and I'll ask them, make sure it's okay if I post them. Because I normally I, just, I, I normally send send them to the group or something, and yeah, if I was running something, I'll go. Is this cool for me to post? Well, I just I just posted to promote the the, the venue itself for as a way of a way of thanking them for having me there, and and whoever produced the show, you know, thanking them. And but some once in a while, comedians say like, "Don't post those pictures because I called in sick from work to be here," <laughs> you know, or uh, "Don't post these pictures." I I I was supposed to perform at so and so, but this gig paid me more money, so I 
for drop them and I, I want I once did a charity gig for cancer. It was for kids with cancer, and I just did kids with cancer bits. But I didn't realize the parents were in the audience for a lot of those children with cancer. But what I did do on that gig as well, I knew that I knew some people that had bailed on that gig because they went and did a paid gig somewhere instead of the charity gig. And I, I just read out that I started by reading out their names and just saying these are the people that bailed on this and they're getting paid in a gig twenty three <laughs> miles away. They went they went there for like thirty pounds. They 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 they're happy your children have cancer. We we did a gig once, and the, this woman who was dressed like a uh, like a hooker uh, was there Ooh. with her husband. Her husband was watching the football game, and she was, I guess, pissed off about that and was going to flirt with the band really hard. But she came over ah. by me, and she, she was lifting her skirt up while she was dancing, and she wasn't wearing any underwear. And nice. um, it, somebody took a picture of that and posted it on Facebook. And it's like... Uh, <laughs> You know, my wife sees my Facebook page. It's not going <laughs> to, even though I'm really innocent in this moment. They took, they, they not... took a picture of this, the, the thing behind the skirt. That's a crime now. You right. go to jail. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, no, Your the, the, the like, picture was from the side. You could not, notes. you couldn't see the twack, but it, like it, it was from the side, but you could see that she was doing this and she was doing, uh, and all, uh, like, not just one shot, but it was like a series of shots uh, of, and it's like you know what, Kevin Mazer, who who's a friend of mine, uh, Kevin is a, a, a photographer of Rolling Stone magazine, and he tells a story about when he was a young photographer and he was just taking a picture without asking permission, and Robert De Niro saw him do it, and Robert De Niro came and grabbed him by the lapel and said, "Don't ever take a picture of somebody without asking their permission." And you know that I. I think everybody in who goes to, out to a venue should get that talk. Don't ever take a picture without af, asking permission. It's too, it's too late now. If you if you go into an event, it's, it's, it's oh well, yeah, people take people, pictures. People, people all be the filming time. pictures, videos, live streaming it, and pictures and yeah, yeah. I no I took Scott. I mean, to I'm be- I do it. Like I th- I take videos at concerts and stuff like that, and like and pan yeah. the crowd and shit, so people yeah. see how many people yeah, I, are there. Yeah, I'll sit I there know. and look at it and go. I look at an old gig with no phones and it's like, I fucking missed that. You didn't know we just there in the moment. But I also, yeah. if I'm at a gig and there's a song I really like, I'm like, I'm going to film a little bit of it. I'm sorry. You all become the same problem. Yeah. I've, I've learned, I've learned the art of like holding my phone, like to the side of my face so that I yeah. can still oh, watch yeah, yeah. it. The same. But yeah, I know that my phone, phone like, yeah, yeah. Frame there's an art to that. There. There's totally so you're still an art enjoying the moment. Able... Kind of. Yeah. But everyone else is also yeah, doing it. So you're not really that, being a dick. It was stupid. Yeah, it was yeah. stupid that I was like, I realized one time when I was recording something, I'm like, I'm fucking watching this concert through my phone and I'm here. That's fucking stupid. Like, I, and so then I started thinking about, okay, how can I record some shit and, and still watch and enjoy? Yeah, you know. I uh, took Scott to uh, Erica Rowe. Scott Braven, who is the bass player for the Rockin' 45, and he hasn't been to a lot of comedy shows. And he brought his big Nikon uh, or Canon you know, with major lens on it and all this stuff, oh, and he he started taking flash photos. No, no, no. Yeah, no. and like out. the security came over to bounce us out, and I had to explain to him, like, he's a newbie, he's never been here before. We'll destroy the pictures or whatever. But it's just like you know what, people. You if can't you're gonna take one, it's got to be subtle and make sure that flash is off. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I have, I have a. This is a. This is a. A film story and a drug story. But it's not a concert story. Uh, but I, I was 
traveling. Uh, this I was not a musician or anything. I was just traveling to be traveling. And I had, um, I used to take lots of pictures. I had a regular, regular film camera. And I had like the film for, I had like 50 speed film. I had the 200 speed, 7, 1500 speed. I had the speed film for every event, you know, for action, for indoors. You know, Matt knows what I'm talking about. There was like a film for everything. And so I had my camera bag and I had all this film in there. And and the, the I'm going through TSA and they're, they're looking at, the film and I said, do me a favor. I said, inspect my camera bag by hand. I said, because I have films of different speeds and I think the x-ray will fuck up my high speed film that I use for action pictures. You know, like when I, I try to take pictures of lightning and stuff like that. And so, and they, they said, okay. So they open up the film bag and they get to like the first two canisters and the, you know, the first two the canisters, the film is not exposed. It hasn't, you know, so you can open up the cans. So that's okay. They let it go through. So we, I get out to out to LA. We're looking for drugs, and I'm like, man, fuck, we didn't we couldn't find any drugs at four o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, I can't believe we can't find drugs. So I'm like, so I've gone through Texas. I'm in LA now. I'm back in Texas, still can't find any drugs, and I'm like, man, I can't believe this. So I, I'm taking pictures and everything. I get back to Maryland. My last canister was filled with drugs. And I'd gone through like the airport, four different places, four different <laughs> airports. And I told all of them to check my, my stuff by hand because I didn't want them to ruin the film with the x-rays. And, right. and the drugs was in my film canister. And I didn't know. I didn't I know. What kind of drugs are we talking about here? It was just really good pot. Really good oh, pot. That's not drugs. But this is back they, in the They 80s. would have arrested they were a black guy going for an airport like years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, because I was so yeah. calm about it, because I didn't right. know I had the drugs, I was like, no, right. check, check this out. Stop calling it drugs. <laughs> call it weed. <laughs> call it weed. Right, I feel weed. better if you call it weed. You feel better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or in order for uh, Matt to feel better, my that? marijuana. <laughs> call it marijuana. <laughs> I guess that. Don't, don't ever take a mind dog edible. Let me tell you that. It's because it's <laughs> what Kat told me. Because I had one of hers in Bisbee, and I was fine. Well, I was fucked up the whole day anyway, so I don't know about fine. But I wasn't crying and couldn't move my arms and then get raped like when I took your one. But what it what she said was because you had the mix, it's I think it was you yours was oh no, hers was maybe C B D and THC. And yours yeah. was just pure THC. Yeah, yeah. In her opinion, being an edible expert, the best are ones with a certain percentage C B D in there as well. And those gummies were it was so good, but I, I dumped them in the end because I was scared to take them to Nashville, even though I should have just taken them. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, for, I had one in Bisbee and I was fine. Thanks for reminding me. I have to pick pick some up today because uh, I have not gotten really, uh, I have not been high since uh, New Year's Eve. This year, I have not been high this year. Wow, is that the longest stretch for a while? But, but you've been sick all time. year. That's the only that's, reason why you haven't that's, been high. Yeah, been exactly. But that and I, night, you're going to be up till 5 a.m. writing songs, looking at psychedelic moon. I have weed. I can't smoke though. I, I can't. My lungs just can't handle it. So you know, and, you're going to have to become an edible guy. I am totally. What, what about um? Is, what about out. a vape? Like just get a vape pen or something. That's probably going to hurt his lungs just as much. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know. Smoking really. I I did the vape yeah. for a while yeah, years honestly, ago. Yeah. 
the first time I vaped, I didn't know. I didn't know how how powerful it was going to be. And uh, I somebody gave me a cartridge, and I didn't I didn't have the pen. I went to the local smoke shop, and he said, "No, you could try it here." And uh, and uh, he hooked it up for me, and I'm and he called he take it easy i'm like i'm not getting anything and i just kept sucking and sucking and then, it and, hit then, you. And, then and then i let it out and it was like and then the next thing i know i'm on the <laughs> i'm on the floor and the guy's like waving his hand in front of me he's like you okay like i didn't yeah, think i was getting anything I, when I, was eight years ago and I was high as fuck i didn't know i was just like oh, sucking yeah. on this pen it looked like an actual pen that you'd write with because obviously yeah. it's illegal yeah, yeah. Here, so you've got to hide it and then another guy, fat guy cooks, Andy Baker, came here about a year ago, and he brought it was just like a little USB stick. But I hit that like a few times an hour, and I was high. I was high as fuck for the for the whole night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Do the yeah. vape stuff? Vape stuff have like those uh, extra carcinogen chem chemicals they put in? <laughs> just to I mean, I would have. I don't know, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of new types of cancer from vaping. It's it's not good for anything <laughs> in your lungs. Yeah. I mean, when you've got like candy floss flavored tumors in five years it's gonna be fun for a while but kids the problem with those kids are vaping and stuff for like 12 years old it's, it's yeah it's, you it's gotta run I mean, you, like, 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 I, I was gonna say i was smoking at eight years old like people and, and believe me i was not i was probably the youngest among my friends but all my friends were smoking at like 12 and 13 every fucking single one of them yeah you know so like they act like it's a new thing. It's just a new version of what you well, I guess, I guess with a vape, it's easier to, it's easier to get. It's accessible, and they can hide it easier because it doesn't smell, and it's not obvious, so they can just do it right. in class and stuff. They can't right. smoke a cigarette in class, I guess, unless you're a real bad I like to do the blueberry flavor, the blueberry lemon of the, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I like those flavors. Because like 2004, we were playing a, a, a biker bar. And I was overwhelmed by the smell of bubble gum. And I was like, what the fuck is it? It's some, some, yeah. bubble gum all over this place. Like crazy. The guy, what, no, Dick, no, this was before Dick vaping. Smells was like. the, <laughs> the guy had, like he's sucking each other off smells like. It is before vaping. It, it was cigars. The guy had, he was buying cigars, but because people were so offended by the cigar smell in, inside the club that he was using, he went and bought bubblegum scented cigars and i made a comment of what what kind of pussy smokes uh bubblegum flavored cigars and then before <laughs> you know it i had to fight like four big burly biker dudes because they were all smoking bubblegum scented cigars that's fucking uh, awesome yeah no it wasn't awesome for me it was like oh shit i can't you know <laughs> Oh God! Um, that's Matt, a, no, that's a great you, story. Thank you for <laughs> Matt. When you had Tommy Chong on, did you tell you the story about Lottie the Body? Uh, the, the no. Body, the woman no. body, the woman wrestler who beat him up. No. Oh yeah. At one point, he did. I think on the last one, when it was me and Will with him. He mentioned that, but I don't remember the full story. If you want to, uh, well, I, I, um, if I remember correctly, I think it was. Um, because I don't want to get it wrong. That's why I was hoping you remembered it. Because wow. uh, I, I hate repeating <laughs> stories and then getting it wrong. And somebody's no, actually, but uh, I'll do my best. Um, if I remember correctly, they were playing in, I was, I'm going to say Chicago, but it could have been in Canada. It starts with a C. It was in oh, Canada. I know it, it was at his, uh, it, it was at his family's strip club. Okay. okay. So it was in Canada, it was in Canada and 
This is when they were still I think they're still they were still performing under four niggers in a chink. And <laughs> you can't I, say uh, that. Sorry, which which part can I say? Is Any it of it. You just say four ends in a C is the way. Wait, yeah, wait. I'm not sure you can get away wow. with the uh, with the dink. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, I'm going to get the uh, races too. Yeah, no, you said it. It's uh, it's over with. It's out there. Thank you, Govs. Uh, we're, 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 it's been pleasure being on the Govs Network. Uh, thank you. It's just the name of his new band. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's fired. Right. But go ahead, continue the story. Uh, so I her response. <laughs> I think she was in the audience. And if I, if I remember correctly, the story correctly. She had said something like, I see the four N words, but where's the C? Right. And I think that's what caused the fight to begin. I think. Uh, I think it was her his brother that no, she beat him up, right? She beat she beat him up. Right. But I can't remember what caused the actual fight. See, that's why I'm, I'm missing the link. But basically, she was a bodybuilder and a professional wrestler, if I remember correctly, and a stripper. Right. Yeah, and so she could hold her own, and she did, and she pretty much manhandled Tommy Chong, and I think his brother had to help him. I think I haven't seen Tommy on a lot of uh, pods lately. He was going through a period where he was on a different pod every single day. I haven't seen him doing unless there, there are people I don't know about who are having him on, but uh, maybe slowing down on that. Um, but you know, he, he's got, last time he was on here, he, he was uh, he did set give a lot of new information about stuff that he went through as a kid, you know, in, in your growing up and being in hospitalized for his first couple of years there. And right. His, his legs being underdeveloped because otherwise he'd have been a, like a professional football player instead of a musician or a comedian. Right. Uh, so yeah. Maybe, maybe it's time to, to call Tommy up and, and have him back on again. If he's, if he's willing to come back on, uh, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Ian, just so you know, the speed back then, I had to use regular film, so I was it's using so slow motion. I was using um fast action film mama. for those pictures that you're talking about. Uh, Carl, what's going on with this um uh, March sixth thing oh, that you're doing here? It, it is um, March sixth, right? Yeah, I'm closing out a show uh, in Bristol at, in, called Dirty Doves, and it's really special to me actually because it's not the first place I started, but I ha when this night was set up years and years ago. It was just six comics and like two audience members in a dark room. And my, my buddy Georgie, actually, you've spoken to George Willoughby. Yeah. He's, set, he's built this night over years. He gets a good audience every week, and it's a completely different thing now. Um, and I'll be returning uh, to close that one out for the first for the first time. So that's really cool. So well, and nice if time. we have any listeners in the UK, go there. That's all I have to say. Go the to... Uh, I can't remember the name of the place, but it's in Totterdown. The night's called Dirty Doves, but I can't remember. It, it's called The Dove or something, the, the bar that it's in. It's in a it's nice little separate room in there. It's a, Yeah, George Willoughby runs it. Definitely go to that. And then the following Wednesday, I'm at the Arch Rivals in Worcester, which is another excellent night set up by a good friend many years ago, and he's built a really good thing. He's like wow. the king of comedy in that town as well. So I'll be doing right. So I'm going to be doing a lot more this year, a lot more of stuff that I'll post. I know I've been quiet, but I've been quietly trying to get better. And now uh, I think I'm all right. Ladies, ladies, um, if you're in the area and you run into Carl, kiss him on the lips. And when you kiss him on the lips, knows that know that those are the lips that sucked off Richard Lewis. Yes, the, yes. The, and then you can the post that picture on Twitter yes. on the anniversary of his death. Yeah. So why, would yeah, it's, yeah. why would you do? Yeah. Why would you disparage the recently dead that way? That's that's terrible. Carl's not dead. He's sitting right here. I mean, Richard Lewis. You don't want his dick in that mouth. Not that's now. Not the thing. now dick. Oh. No, that was it, young. It was dick. when it was alive. 
Yeah, right. Uh, um, yeah, well, that's why I, I liked that on a Louis C.K. special a few years ago. I think he talked about, you know, I, 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 I he likes Auschwitz or something like that. And he goes, Not then, now it's nice to have a gift shop. This reminds me of that. Oh my god, is, is, it okay, is it okay to admit that, that we're Louis C.K. fans uh, yet? Because I had. You know, every time I brought yeah, up no, something, I think it's, I think it's, it's fine now. You still get, you still yeah, get yeah. a couple. When, when he released that sorry yeah. special, no, no, the yes, the sorry special, which is the second. Yeah, the ever offended are still going to be offended. Yeah. When I you posted, I mean? some... this, is a, this is one of the best Louis C.K. specials he's released. I immediately on Twitter is like, you are added to the list. Support sex offenders. I was like, fuck it. So some <laughs> bitches on there adding people to the list. And I did lose. I mean, he calls himself a comic, but I know that he he cut me off social media because I went to see Louis C.K. and then I posted, I posted stories about it because I'd had a few beers, which he and Adriani Pelucci reposted, which was nice. But then I said, "Would you rather go to a shit writing group in the southeast, southwest of England, which is what he was doing, or go and watch Louis C.K. live?" For an education, and then I think he culled me after that one. But that was that was obviously I was actively trolling that one. You know, uh, that the one thing I would want to talk to about if I had uh, CK, uh, the opportunity to talk to him uh, on the program would be about not because cancel culture didn't work on him. He actually improved his career. He took he took right. control of his well, career. It, it worked in the sense that it cost him millions of dollars. It stopped his film being released. Right. And okay. he couldn't tour for like three years, though. He, he tried to come to the UK and they fucking protested him out. Wow. I did not know that. That's when he started doing gigs in like Israel and Texas for a while. Just like, and, you know, and the Ukraine during the middle of <laughs> He was war. on the way to Ukraine when the invasion happened. Right, yeah. <laughs> I have I have Louis C.K. on the phone right now. Um, Matt, uh, when do you want him on the show? Uh, tomorrow. Uh, we have yeah, to say Lord, goodbye yeah. to Govs. Goodbye, uh, Govs. Love you. Yeah. Yes. Louis um, will be on tomorrow's show at yeah, the uh, one o'clock hour. All right. What I, what I would want to talk to him about if he were really going to be on the show would be this idea about, yeah, it, it costs him stuff, but you, do you realize, and I, I wouldn't want him to be uh, have any remorse or guilt about this, but do you understand that your fans paid the price for life? For, we, we had to hide in the closet and not say we were, we were Louis C.K. fans for uh, several years or else we would take the brunt of you it just for like Peter. We had to yeah. deny you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Basically, I... We had to I, deny I, you, Lord. Lord of masturbators. Because I feel like, and probably this is overstated, but I feel like he is the gold standard in comedy today. He is well, the guy who, who... I'm glad I got to see him last year because I'd never seen him live and I just went to like Wembley Arena or something and it was fucking amazing. It, 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 was, fucking a solid, it was a solid... Um, it's actually better than the special he, he put out. I thought he didn't quite capture what it was live, but he did a, he did a two-hour show and then he came back on with his notebook, and that was one of my favorite things. He did an extra 15 minutes of new stuff, and half of it was bombing. And it, but it was funny. It was just good to watch him try that out as well. And Adriania Pelucci, who I've mentioned quite a few times, she was absolutely fucking amazing um, supporting yeah. uh, Louis as well. So. And, you know, I wonder if they even take that into it. Like, if he even realizes that. I understand that he probably went through some really fucking mind games of his, you know, and, and dealing with shit. And, like, uh, because 
maybe he had some guilt about it. Maybe he didn't, whatever. But it definitely made him readjust and, and change his, his thing, the way he was doing things. And as you say, he fucked up with his film distribution and all that. But he did do the film for Joe List during that time. Uh, that, was more, that was more recently what since he's been because he's done bobby kelly's special joe, the movie with joe list all self-funded so he just takes his profits from each tour or project and puts them into so he just self-funds everything and he was one of the first comics to sell his special for five dollars right um, so and i went like... and downloaded and paid for all of his stuff because it was like i want to i want to give him money basically so go and make something go and make something nice i paid like 30 dollars and got every special and so I wonder if he's ever considered the how how hard it is to public how hard it was because I've been publicly admitting for a couple of years now that I think he he's like a, one of the best ever and the best ever work. work People best have told him, but I think he's he's just a normal. He's just a humble. Like he's like he know he knows he's good. He does know he's good. Right. Um. But he you know he's, he doesn't he doesn't go around bragging about it. Right. He's just and when he did that spate of podcasts about eighteen months ago, I really enjoyed all of those because. In every one, he said something really useful. Right. Yeah. He's, he's a pretty smart guy. He and he was very. Um, it was good to see because I think he is truly dedicated to the art form of comedy and believes, like it is a. At least that's the impression I got from him that it, it is a, a higher art form than a lot of comics give it credit for. You know, a lot of comics just think of it as i'm just out there telling jokes i'm not really and there are people who take themselves far too seriously as a philosopher uh, you know modern day philosopher and all that but he's the power man he's right in the sweet spot of appreciating uh, appreciating the craft of what it is and how hard it is to go through the the evolution from of open micer to uh, what he is for him it was 20 years before he got any recognition and then it was uh Apparently, his act was really um, odd and off the wall. It wasn't like we know it. And when he yeah. when he started getting divorced, basically, and his life was going down the shit, that's when he changed because he made everything really personal and he, his act changed. And that's when he really blew up off those like shameless specials and stuff, like 2010. Yeah. There's so much know. great material there. And he, even in his, his reels and stuff, I can't, uh, you know what? I will never pass up a, a CK. His uh, uh, sketches real. as well, the, the Catholic Church sketch he did for MTV, I think, years ago. It's one of the best things ever. Oh, yeah, it's, so yeah, good. Yeah. it's so good. But I still take shit from female comics or even female comedy fans. So, some people just I'm have into. that thing. I mean, there's a few comics you've had on here. I'm not going to name them. that are just in that category. Like, he should never be doing anything we, again. And just as a word of advice for anybody, don't ever say what I say. Because my my reaction is always, I've jerked off in front of people before. <laughs> you said there, there's who a highlight I, reel from this show. Who, who am I to judge? <laughs> now I've never I've never Bro. done it to somebody who worked for me and locked the door or any or, or any of that well, kind of stuff. We don't know if that happened or not. Some people say it did. Some people say it didn't. He uh, the the people like Sarah Silverman that came out. Yeah, she, he did it for me, and she said yes because it was funny. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so yeah. you can do that. Bro. Nice. I don't, but see, I don't see how it's funny. That's just it. I mean, it's, it's that's unless you're saying looking at it and it was so pathetic, it was funny, you know. Yeah, probably he's a he's a fat like ginger Mexican, probably with a small dick. So I don't know if he's doing it and telling jokes like so. There's this guy that comes into a bar, or if it's like it's just no, the I way it looks is it. funny. 
if his if his facial expressions are funny. I don't get it. See, yeah, I'd I imagine think... it's probably his facial expressions. See, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. We don't know. We need the footage. What I'm saying is, we need we do, the we, film. We do, we do need so, the footage. But even the show, the Louis was great. And then you I think on the side, actually, you know when, when he talks about it, he goes, "Even Obama knows my thing." Because you know yeah. what that feels like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obama yeah. picked up Dude, the that, newspaper. That, went, so oh. that, that was so funny. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that sucks. Like that be, sucks for the president. Be objective you know, about it. Without seeing it, we're all being subjective, and we need to be objective. And to be objective, we need to see the actual footage. Is what I'm saying. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, the fact that he did it, and um, and that people have said they weren't offended or, or felt raped by it. Like, you know, the Jen Kirkman of the, of the world who, uh, it's the worst thing you could ever uh, I mean, be subjected to. he asked, to. right? He asked. Right, right. But her and the people who will, will take her side of it will say, yeah, well, they had no children. They really didn't have an option to say he, no. He, he was he a boss. He did acknowledge that, like, the power thing because he, was a, he wasn't massive when it, it was like 2003, 04, that sort of time. He wasn't massive then, but he was probably the headliner and they were younger comics on his show and they might have felt pressured to go it's the headliner we should let him right so yeah. i kind of get that that is a thing yeah, so, yeah. I, I just said okay i mean back on up when i had a chance of being a musician with a career uh you mean when you were in the ink spots this is yeah this is back when i was but i wasn't a full spot i was just a <laughs> you know just yeah so the a, a gentleman saw me perform, and after I was done, he goes, "I would like for you to, you know, to go on tour with us." And it turns out it was going to be in terms for sexual favors. So I was a an adult; I could choose to say, "Okay, I want this career, and yeah, I'll let you suck me off for it," or um, I could say, "No, if I'm good, let me tour with you guys without the sexual favors." You know, that was the option I said no to the sexual favors and you've never heard of my musical career so <laughs> i would i would have let louis do that to get to get me more advanced in comedy and i would have sucked off harvey weinstein to be in a fucking tarantino movie as well well so, we know somebody who has actually had that kind of uh <laughs> offer from a pretty big celebrity louis anderson uh has uh proposition one of our uh, comedian friends is he dead uh, did he die yeah, he died. I moved up a spot when he died too. Actually, he but took up two spots. He he basically time. offered to take him on the road and come live with me. You can stay in my apartment and all that stuff. And the guy was raw and young and young comedian, and he was he was oblivious to the fact that uh, there was going to be some uh, rent to pay. <laughs> in terms of sexual favors and all that stuff, and it, it was ready to do it until somebody uh, somebody clued him in. Anyway, uh, you know, so yeah, I don't know. It, it depends. I would definitely wouldn't uh, wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have gone homo for because it's uh, just no, something that's not. In... It, I think watching him do that isn't homo. It's, it's, it's homo if you do it. No, I I think Lou, I Louis Anderson up. wanted to fuck this guy in the ass. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the stay or pay. But it, I, yeah. if if the roles were reversed and I was a chick, or if it was a chick doing it to me, I am I'm certain with my moral standards and my moral code, I would be all down. Yeah, anything. No, have you seen some comedians? I don't know. <laughs> and I I just wanted to be. I just wanted to know that I was being accepted on my merit. 
I'm a big merit guy. I want to earn the stuff that I have. I don't, you know, I don't want to, to, to you know, I, I don't want somebody questioning. Well, so okay, so, so this is what I'll dead. say to this. Go ahead. I, I want to take a poll on whether how many people believe, <laughs> right. how many people yeah. actually believe that, that line. But go ahead. Ask. Talk. Go, Willie. Right. But so one of the things that I remember my dad got me a job once when I was a teenager and, and I kind of, uh, I, me and my dad didn't get along. So that kind of was a thorn in my side that I took this job that my dad kind of set up for me. Um, and I was bitching about it at work one night and, uh, it was just me and one other guy cause it was an overnight shift. And, and he said to me, he said, you know, your dad may have got you this job, but you're the one who's kept this job, you know? And, and he was like, he was like, so don't, don't forget that. So, I mean, listen, if, if uh, tickling some chick with my pickle was going to get me a gig that got me noticed, uh, I got no qualms with that. That's you know not the I mean? same like, thing like, as me. Uh, and honestly, guy, I don't think my wife would have qualms with that. But, I yeah, mean, because you can get the opportunity and shit the bed, right? <laughs> you can get the opportunity to be massive and then go, uh, I don't have any material. Yeah. <laughs> right. Barbara, right. Barbara Brennan, yeah. who was my... Barbara yeah, Brennan, who was my boss. Uh, it's, it's what you do on the stage that's going to make something happen. Yeah. Barbara uh, Brennan was my boss, and she uh, sexually abused me, and I had no problem with it as long as she was. I, I, I mean, it made me feel awkward. I would not have wanted to well, go any further than it was. But, you know, she, she was paying the bills, and it, I was a guy, and she was a chick. That's easy to get well, over. I was a guy, yeah. she was a chick. Yeah. And she's much, much older chick, by the way. She's a good 30 <laughs> years older than me. But I didn't care. You want to fucking feel my balls? You want to pinch my ass? Do it. Yeah, sign my check. I'm fine with it. Okay. <laughs> each, I think each of you are talking about with a woman. This is a guy. I know. So that's what I said. I wouldn't yeah, have right. gone home. I wouldn't have gone homo for it. But right, uh, yeah, for, no. But if the genders were reversed and it was a heterosexual thing whether i'm the chick and it was a guy or uh, i'm a guy and it was a chick i would all be down for it because you know what anything to further the career i'm talking about when i was younger not now now i'm I'm useless anyway now i would consider things for lots of money not even that much i won't even tell you my number now i'm useless i don't think a million yeah basically (laughs) i would be flattered if thousand pounds i will do something even you know what in the hair industry, I was propositioned a lot, and I was Not already in my fifties. Yeah, <laughs> I was in the hair and beauty industry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, always dropping that bomb, man. It's like uh, it but show all, off. All show these, off. all these, uh, the the hairdresser guys. Uh, I mean, ninety nine percent of them are gay, and oh. the makeup artists are all gay. So <laughs> they would often like. If they make oh comments that if I if it were a guy and a girl and you know if I were the, a woman in that position and the comments they made that would be called abuse and that would have gotten them fired for just the comments they were always coming on to me and all that stuff but if 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 it were a heterosexual thing if I were a chick and they were making those kind of comments about my tits or my uh, you know my ass or something that would have gotten them fired but it was okay for them to make it because. Kelly, that's was a great guy. comment. That's a great comment. Ugly and bald, but oh, oh yeah, we can't talk about that double standard. You know what I mean? That, like, that's... Ugly and bald, but I would. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. 
It's just yeah, like, dude, remember that day that I made uh, that I was all pissed wait. We have to say this for we have to say this because the people the on the stop. Holy smokes! We have to say this for the people on the on the radio side because they don't know the comment. Kelly said Kelly's comment is ugly and bald, but I was in the hair and beauty industry. That's how you should say it from now on. <laughs> yes. Okay, now you can continue, Willie. I, ju- I, I just want what you saying. to know because of the delay, when you yell stop like that, you're yelling stop like that like four seconds after I stop, just so you know. Yeah, All ugly. Right. Um, Kelly he- also says that Sam Talent special is one of the favorites. I haven't seen it yet, like, but I will be, be really getting to see delay. Sam Talent in a few weeks' time. What do you mean? What is, do you- uh, Tim Dillon's bringing Sam Talent to the UK again. Yeah. Really? I thought you yeah. were going to be here like next week because Sam no, Talent so will I'm be here. Gonna, they're actually going to be in, in this town, so oh, I'm going to go and see him on April 4th or something like that. So that'll be fun. Well, he's supposed to stop by the governor's studio to do a podcast uh, when he's here. Uh, but Sam is um, no- notorious for uh, forgetting, not showing up, things like that. So um, I'm... I'm even hesitant to even talk about, but on March 8th, he's playing governors. He's supposed to be in the studio March 8th with Tony, I believe. So we'll see. But I'll just hide uh, a microphone in there and record it and just put it on YouTube, put it on your channel. Well, I could get up early and do this show from there <laughs> and, and then be part of that. Uh, but I don't, it's a long drive for me. And I, you know, that means getting up at like five 30 to make the drive to the studio. We, to get is that, to is that with or without walking a dog? That's with walking the dog. Oh, that's uh, not so bad. But coming, coming back to his special, it, very funny. One of the most. Yeah, I need to watch it. It's been I forgot it was out. Actually. It, I've and I, it's, uh, Jesus, I'm going to be critical here, but I have to be critical. The production value of it sucks. The production value of it. Yeah, I had sh- a hard time. Shaky, with it, the way they shaky shot cameras, yeah. bad edits. Uh, just it it hurts me to see this, and it, it looks it's like not... it was done intentionally that way, though. I don't know. I don't think so. It didn't come off. That, in... That's what I'm worried about to film something because I'd I'd want it to look good and sound good. Yeah, and I'd just yeah. be worried that you you put a lot of effort into something, and you, I, it's hard to know who to trust, isn't it? Because someone it definitely is. If they fuck the audio up, it, the audio is the main thing, actually. If the audio doesn't sound yeah. right for a special or how I want it, I'll just be like, fuck. Right, yeah. You're so right. You're and this so is, wise, Yoda. This is uh, my biggest uh, pet peeve, concern, whatever it is, about comedy specials now. I'm seeing more and more of these where people just putting stuff out there and the production values of it are just pissed well, It doesn't have to be terrible. a high production value. It just needs to be a good camera that isn't shaking. Good audio, and then yeah, the editing is really important, right? And and knowing the shots to use because yeah. some you know some of them they they have no idea like shot from fifteen miles away. People, oh, four K, I'm using four K, but you know you're not getting you're never getting a bus shot, you're never getting like a a close up shot, you're never getting any of that kind of stuff. Uh, and then you, those people producing that themselves and they're sticking a gopro on the back wall or something but you, you can do that but you need to have closer stuff too i think i think you just the shaky shit too yeah and um you know when sarah did her special that i was at at stu- at 50 34 studio 34 something like that in 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 uh sorry queens joe list was the executive producer the cameras 
if the place is so small that the cameras are within the audience. And I saw people tripping over the tripods of the main cameras and all this kind of stuff. You know that's going to end up making the edit like impossible to be really really yeah. clean well let joe, joe lists um the ones he puts out himself the three or four that he's done they they look fine they sound good they just yeah. look good well well self-produced so he knows what he's doing hopefully yeah but he was because uh, he was executive producing that thing and he was like all like completely uh absorbed in you know making sure the camera but to the he's point where right, isn't he? yeah yeah very uh very nervous of because his wife is up there, his pregnant wife is up there. He's taping her special. I'm sure he's super emotionally invested in this, but I think overdoing it, like talking to this camera person, going over talking to that camera person, going and sneaking around talking to the other camera guy. I don't, like, I don't know him obviously, but I've watched a lot of his podcasts and stuff. He does come across as a very nervous, yeah, neurotic right. man. That's just and I mean, that's very distracting time. to the audience too. Yeah, to me it was, and uh, yeah, I yeah. was. Specials are always strange because it is a weird thing. It's a it's a weird thing to be filmed like that when you're on stage. Already, it's making it weird for you, right. the comic. It's a bit weirder for the audience because they're also probably excited to see the cameras and stuff, and it's different for them. At Bill Burr's Paper Tiger thing, I was there in London. The Netflix, the big fucking 4K movie yeah. camera was over my shoulder in the in the box but i i i was a bit distracted because i thought it was cool i was just looking around going, that's a fucking camera and that, looked, that was great so every time there's that stage left shot i was like that's where i was sat <laughs> i was getting nerdy about the camera as well yeah yeah i I've, I've done i've done like three of them and the the the, weird, the weirdest thing for me is trying to let go you know what I'm saying because the first one i the first one i I was not involved in that the quote the production part at all. I just had I said this is what I want, and and they did their best to kind of like try to deliver it. But thing weird bad things happen, and that's when I said okay, I I should have been in charge of that. I that's the thing because you want some involvement, right? Because you don't want to just give it right, to someone I, else. I, 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 I want to know what the shots look like. Right, I hired a, an award-winning crew who did independent film. They had like a you know, the one of these like independent films. I saw the independent films, but they had never shot comedy before. That's they that's shot the thing. Independent film. That's that's the um advice that I've heard from comics that do it themselves is that you've got to get someone that's shot comedy before that understands it because it's it's a different thing. Yeah. Right. Or at least watched enough of it to understand. Yeah, yeah, to understand to understand the shots and everything. Bear was talking about. Um, I know you have occasional arguments with him, but Mike Binder makes some pretty good. He's done some pretty good specials for Bear, I think, as well. And he said that's why he always goes to him because he understands what I want naturally, and then you can discuss the little details and stuff. But yeah, I, I would absolutely get someone that shot it before. Um, yeah. And I would, what I would probably do was if it's someone that hasn't got their equipment or a production company, I'd probably hire the cameras because actually just down the road here, there's a great guy that I've hired stuff before. He's got everything. You can just hire for a couple of days. Um, obviously, you hope that no one spills beer on it and stuff. But right, uh, Stan Hope, uh, when he was he, he was soliciting for uh, editors for his special that's about to be released soon, somewhere in the next five <laughs> years or so. <laughs> uh, he was uh, he was very adamant that the person had to have experience editing comedy, uh, and you know I, I I put my hat in a ring, but I never I, <laughs> I knew that I I was going to get rejected because I've never actually 
edited a comedy special, but I'm certain I could do better than a lot of people. A lot once of you've, once, on once you've done one, once you've convinced someone that you can do it and do one, then you've got that as your portfolio, right? So you, that's what I want. That's what I'm desperately trying to do. But I don't want to do it with just a local open mic level guy or a guy who's just, you know, getting his feet wet in the business. I want to be able to get. Uh, a project of my own with somebody who's got some status on it. and that's a difficult thing it's that's a hard to get game. though isn't it because they're going to yeah. want someone you, that's you bet got the, yeah got the experience but you, you you'll be able to find somebody like especially in new york someone that's wants to film something that isn't quite as big that they're going to say fuck off and they're not they're not I, got a, I got a few uh whatever they call that uh irons in the fire or whatever the hell the cliche um uh yeah yeah, yeah, but I'm working on it, you know, but I definitely want to do that. That's on my on my bucket list is to uh, edit a comedy special and pr- uh, produce a comedy special. So. And the good thing as well for wh- when you've got someone doing their headline special and that is your opening because you can practice on the opener right as well. And it's really good for them to get that footage as well, because then they've got it's not their special, but they've got some really fucking good footage of them as well from decent right. cameras. Yeah. Well, it's uh, time to wrap this up. I do have to get to a gig today. I have a, a gig this afternoon. I got five between now and Sunday afternoon. So uh, oh, I have one, one question. I have one question. You, I have one uh, answer. Uh, would, do we know when we're getting the press affiliate uh, stuff official or whatever? No, that's uh, tied to the LLC uh, thing. It's probably going to be another few more weeks at least, but uh, I don't have a date. I don't have a specific And, and I have one question after that. Go ahead. I, I don't have one answer. Yeah. I have two answers. Okay. I, I'm, I, yes and no. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to a funeral tomorrow. I can be here, but not for like only like from nine to nine forty-five. Would you want me to be there and do a live critical joke theory during that nine to nine forty-five? No. Okay. <laughs> Go and focus on the funeral. Go and focus on the funeral. Try yeah. not to get an erection. Not and my just... funeral. I don't have to focus. I'm just all I gotta do is drive and show up. Yeah, but you're talking uh, about doing it from the funeral home. No, from my house before <laughs> oh. I leave. No, oh. I think I think the uh, that would take away from the guest who's going to be here. Uh, she's a uh, she's on early tomorrow. What is it? Stan Hope releasing this special about time he records the next one. Yeah. He recorded the next one. It's just waiting to when be. I, he recorded this a year ago, or in the summer, and then when I met him in Tucson, the first thing he said because. So I'm trying to edit this special. <laughs> it's been sitting there four months already, and now we're six months later. I, well, let me just say, Mr. Stanhope, I would have had it done for you. You'd be proud of to have released it already if you would have given it to me. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll ask him if I see him in, in the autumn. Your, your buddy Stanhope. Now, uh, oh, just let me finish up with DD. I think that would... Uh, I we were finished. You said no, that we're finished. Yeah, basically okay. that would that would uh, entrench on the guest time right around that I don't that care time. about the guest. I'm just saying you said no, that's it. It's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your show. You say no, that's no, fine. You don't that's fine. You, All right. You see, explain yourself. See, see, I don't. You're right. Um, Carl, you're you're in a, a kind of a, a no. This is making a light of the situation here uh, with your buddy Stanhope, who is trying to raise money for a fireman, and being how much you hate firemen, uh, you you despise firemen. Does that put you in a? Uh, it's awkward, yeah, it's awkward because obviously I don't want to. I don't want to lose my very loose tenuous connection with Stanhope. <laughs> I really hate fireman. Yeah, but I'm so, glad this one saved his suits, and the house is cool. Yeah, so, and yeah, some corn. The guy seems to have uh, given his all for comedy. He saved the suits, 
even though it's going to cost him his life. But nah. to be fair, looking at his injuries, he has done his job. The fireman I have a think was when they get somewhere too late or they run away or they're not allowed to save someone from a flood because of regulation, so a member of the public has to go and save them. Does, yeah. does Monty Python have a fireman bit? They should. A fireman. I would think so. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's the show. Uh, thanks for stopping in, Carl. It's good to see you. Uh, March 6th, go see... Uh, At the uh, Star and Dove in Bristol. I've remembered the name of the venue that I went to 100 times before. Okay. Uh, good luck with that. You guys got anything to plug uh, for Just this weekend? The Last Rights nope. YouTube channel. Um, and if you want to give me money, lastrightscast at gmail.com. Hey, let's try it. Let's try it. Let's get a dollar. Yeah. Uh, um, I will be appearing at the Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia tomorrow um, from 12 noon yeah. until uh, 1.15. So come see me at the National Arlington Cemetery. One man uh, show by the grave. One man show. Yes. It's called One, it's called one Foot in the Grave. Uh, and... So, mission is free. Will you be dressing in a respectful way? Or are you going to wear that uh, t-shirt? Get up, pink blue tie. I'll be wearing this t-shirt, but I'll have my hair pulled back with the um, with a jacket. My oh my god! Go Speaking of that, my I I found out my sister. There's only one picture that all six of my family members, my direct family members, are in that ever took place and it was like two weeks before my brother died um and we were visiting him because we knew that he was terminal that he was going to go like anytime um and i wore a praying rob zombie t-shirt and i stood right behind him in the picture so the picture is my answered up dying brother and then rob zombie praying right above him it's fucking wow. beautiful my well, sister still know. has that picture. Did the prayers help? So disrespectful. I mean, so disrespectful. No. Anyway, I'm kicking you guys out, and I'm going to tell people to turn on their radio. Uh, turn on the radio. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say turn on your radio. Thanks for coming. Don't forget to uh, – oh, shit, I just lost the button. <laughs> Don't forget to turn on your radio. Have a great day. Bye for now.
listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.